This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody out there, and welcome back. A very, very heartfelt welcome back. I feel better when everybody's here, just in general, a lot going on out there. I like that everybody's here with us during this part. So, so stick around. Put your get your earbuds in. Don't take them off. Put them in. Stick around. What, what I'm basically saying is, Vinny could use a hug. Uh, <laughs> come inside. Oh. Come inside. It's, come, it's, it's warm in here. We have we, we built a fire. Come shelter with us. Everybody, come hang out for a little bit. We're going to talk about some games. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I'm so happy you guys are here. It's, it's nicer in Thank here you. than out there. Uh, we are going to get started with the show in just a little bit. And since now I'm remembering right now at the top of the show, hey, we're going to talk about The Ascent today. We're going to talk about Final Fantasy, that Pixel Remaster. We're going to talk Ooh. a little about a little game called The Ramp. We're going to talk about a little game called Starbase. Later on in the show, after the break, we're going to get to news. Uh, we got the um, Horizon Forbidden West delay. Uh, we, I said that like a question mark. You, you said a question mark. Yeah. Uh, you yes. totalized a question mark. That extremely good, uh, uh, PlayStation five, uh, beta, 
uh, firmware and SSD expansion stuff, which uh, the sneak preview, my favorite thing from the fact was, can I add a heat sink to the heat sink? <laughs> which, hey, 22 millimeters, not 25 millimeters. Get <laughs> which, it right. Which I love their answer was, no, no, don't, don't do that. No, don't. Don't do that. Why not? Double You're spoiling heat sink. a later yes, discussion. Yes, uh, Double heat sink. You just take the heat from the first one and put it at the second one. Like, uh, why wouldn't that? We're going to talk about the Annapurna showcase, and then also we have an update, or not? We have an update. There is more information coming out about the Blizzard stuff, so we'll update some of the news on the Blizzard Activision stuff. Before we get to that, though, that's some later on stuff. Who howdy? How's everybody doing? Huh? Pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I- Pretty good. Insomnia is how I'm doing. Oh, no. I really well, just belly aches. I love Fuse. Insomnia. Uh, fuse? Uh, yeah, Fuse and... Uh, uh, You're talking about Insomniac. That's what we're doing, right? Uh, uh, fuse and... Oh, dude, how is, how is Fuse the first example you went I to? I don't know. I, insomniac. It, I don't know. Why is that we, the first thing that came to mind was Fuse? Let me, let me tell you about a little game called Marvel's Spider-Man. Oh, you or mean perhaps Miles Morales. Resistance Fall or of Ratchet Man. and Clank. Resistance oh, Fall of Man and Fuse. That's, I would have accepted hey, Sunset Overdrive for God's sake. Dude, Sunset Overdrive is in the upper half of Insomniac's catalog, I'm going to say. I'll agree with that. Sunset, I would certainly play that over any resistance. What? Sunset Overdrive like got a bad rap when it came out, and it has it always did. bummed me out. It's a little corny. It is a little, it's a little like dad humor trying to recapture their like punk rock roots a little bit yeah but yes I, and that speaks to me no i find that endearing i found I, I found how corny it was endearing i think i think we need to revisit what i'm hearing is we need to revisit sunset overdrive with a fresh fresh look here i think i mean i think i would gladly i think we talked about it on this very podcast like the second week it was up or whatever but they were out there teasing it like the sunset <laughs> overdrive twitter account became active for the first time in like seven years or something but yes Nothing has come of that yet. I don't know if Microsoft owns that. Oh, or not? Hmm. hmm maybe that was Microsoft. That was a Microsoft published game for Xbox. It was. So I don't know if I don't know if Insomniac made it out of there with that IP or not. There was some kind of asset in Ratchet and Clank, right? In the new Ratchet yes. and Clank. Yes. The uh, fucking what is the fake energy drink? Right. In that game, you could, you could turn you could turn the tokens or the coin pickups into that drink. Overdrive. Overdrive. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Extremely orange. I'm sorry to hear about in- your insomnia. I really. Oh, am. it's fine. I just it's the only thing on my mind right now. <laughs> how do you not? How do you not wake up at four thirty or five in the morning and then lay there for two plus hours? Kids desperately. Well, I've st- I've, I've started doing that, but that's just because that's when the cat starts mewing. Yeah, because you know the the sun comes up. Except instead of a cat, it's my brain. My oh brain man. Is mew- okay. My brain is mewing for like two hours. You, you have you considered replacing your brain with a cat? Mm. Is your is your like in a little little wheel, just does, kind of spinning in there? Does sound appealing. Is your brain putting its little paw under the door, like a, yep. an adorable That's little right. paw? It's That's just right. like mm-hmm. just, just, just it wants to know what's under there. <laughs> my brain is is making uh, biscuits. So that's what cats do, right? They yes, biscuits. making biscuits. They, they need. Oh, okay. On you. Oh, my brain is making biscuits. Oh man, I've been making biscuits well, last we, night. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. Probably don't. Probably no. I don't like the way you said it. <laughs> I don't like the way you said it at I'm all. Making biscuits last night, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. Mm, there was a we. There was a thing last night for my kids were in summer camp, and there was like an outdoor. Um, there was an outdoor talent show, but it was you know we're in, still in COVID and we're still in the, in the middle of all this stuff. So it was a pre-recorded on a projector screen. They had recorded the kids doing the talent stuff, so it was dancing and stuff. And so my daughter and my son are both in it. And, um, it's like eight 30 at night. 
I'm watching them set the projector up. They can't quite get the audio right. And I'm like t- looking at my wife and be like, they definitely don't want me to go up there, right? And like help them. And she's like, they definitely do not want you to go up there and help them. I was like, okay, we'll watch them. Because you know, you could see them. It's on the screen, right? They're selecting the Windows audio device and you could kind of mm-hmm. see them mm-hmm. not selecting the right projector. You're, and you're sitting there fighting the urge <laughs> to produce. Yes, very much fighting the urge to produce. And I'm like, ah, just select that one. You just gotta restart the thing. Just go to Okay. Anyway, they did all that. And then um my daughter wasn't in it. And so they had the group stuff where they were dancing, right? And then she was like super bummed out. She's like, I wasn't they in cut it. Cut her segment? Well, no, there was like group dancing and she wasn't with the group, right? And I was like, were, did you not realize that you weren't there when they filmed it? And she was like, it's not fair. And I was like, <laughs> well, did, did you, would you ex- kind of like feeling really bad for her, but at the same time being like, but you didn't film it with them. What did you think was going to happen? And then I, but then I felt really bad. You know, I was just like, yeah, you know what? Did she think they were going to like CG her into the thing? I'm not sure exactly what she expected. This is just a good teachable moment about causation. But, but but also about like, you know what? It's not fair. It's not fair. And they should have let you know that, you know, they had filmed it and you're right. But, what you know i don't know sometimes you just gotta like admit those feelings and then work through it and be like you're okay to feel like you got burned on this one because i think you did get burned on this one but let's also think about what we could do for next time which is make sure that (laughs) we realize we're not in the thing you know like uh but i did feel bad it's um Man, I mean, like at least you're not one of those like parents that's like storming up to the people and being like, "How dare you not put my daughter in this thing?" Because that is one of the worst vibes a parent can give off to anyone. I, yes, you're right, and I definitely don't want to be that person. And I wasn't that upset about it. You know, I was, I was upset that she was upset, and I said to her, yeah. and I don't know if this is bad parenting. I said, "Listen, um, tomorrow." tomorrow if you're still upset we'll, we'll go talk to them if you know if it's still bothering you tomorrow we'll go talk to them and see what happens see what the thing was she's like i'm gonna forget by tomorrow and i said well then that's fine <laughs> then you'll never realize that you <laughs> then you'll never realize Problem that solved. even happened she's just like that's terrible i'm like not if you forget about it um <laughs> yeah so i don't know i don't know the fear of forgetting it's a blessing. <laughs> it's a it's really, it's really the lack of object permanence. You know, I would, yes. sometimes it works. <laughs> yeah, this is really making parenting sound like an adventure in fuzzy logic. It's oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's the fuzziest. It's like a warm sweater sometimes. A warm sweater. Uh, y- yesterday, my my wife was had a long day with the kids, and she said, "You know what? I'm just going to take dinner to not be around everybody." <laughs> I said, "Fair enough." That is, uh, yeah. You go take a break. You only a little me time. Yeah, seriously. Wait, did she deserve? She like take a plate in the bedroom? No, like, she, just, she, she, she just she ate. She just needed some downtime. She like in the afternoon. It's a very packed day with the kids, and then she's got a lot of stuff that she needs to do. And she's like, I just need a minute here. So because we had they don't, there was only like forty five minutes between them coming home from one of the events and then us having to go to that thing. She's like, I'm just gonna take a powder. Like you, you, you handle dinner and all this stuff. And I was like, you got it. You got it. It's tough. That's tough business. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Insomnia stinks, but Insomniac did make some pretty good games. They sure did. It's true. Um, and like, uh, Insomniac with David Tell was a pretty good show. Is that up? All, was that up all night? Was a what's? No, no. It was Insomniac with David Tell. Up all night was a different okay. thing. Was that David Tell? 
I don't think that was David Tell. Okay. That's the one where he went to the bars, right? And it was just like Yeah, he went to all the like he would just whatever city he was doing comedy right. in, he would just go around to like the after hours places that people hung out in. There's something I remember about that being like kind of raw in a pre everything is raw way. You know, like not raw the Eddie Murphy stuff. Raw like oh, this seems like this seems like like racy in a way that maybe is too hot for TV. Well, I mean, it wasn't too hot for Comedy Central, so it was definitely basic cable okay, but but it was like, you know, it was 11 p.m. Yeah. show, like, it was yeah, it was maybe a little ribald, yes, you know, yeah. but like, it was, it would have moments where like, you know, he's in San Francisco and he's fucking playing pool with Willie Brown in some after hours bar, you know, like it's, it had good moments in it. It was, it was the, uh, it was the much edgier, um, getting coffee with comedians or like, you know, like driving around. Uh, I mean, that thing is so edgeless, it's basically a sphere. But yes, you're right. It's <laughs> fair. <laughs> yes, Jerry. I, look, as someone who loves Seinfeld the sitcom, his comedy is the most yes. edgeless shit in the world. Like, Jerry, Jerry, so, Jerry, right? Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, the featureless sphere of comedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where does it begin? Where does it end? Nobody knows. It doesn't. What is that? What's the deal? With, <laughs> what's the deal with no edges? Um, what does that hair want? So anyway, we're going to talk about some video games here. I'll just mention once again, if you didn't hear it on the Ramblecast, uh, congratulations, Alex, on the new the new kitten. Uh, Thank uh, you. On Ting. They, uh, they got face-to-face today for the first time. Oh. The old cat and the new cat. How'd it go? Good. Uh, so we, were, we got advice that it would be good to have her come in while the kitten is still in her little playpen tent thing mm. so that they can kind of get near each other without necessarily there being any sort of physical altercation. And it worked. Like, she came in, she kind of sniffed around, kind of looked at her. The cat was just kind of mewing and sort of like pawing at the tent. And then she just kind of turned around and was like, okay, and then walked out of the room. <laughs> that was it. But like, honestly, that's the yeah, best yeah. case right. scenario. That's what you want. Yeah. I'll do a little, a little bit of like, I'll deal with this shit later. Okay. That, yeah, whatever, whatever. That cat is truly Sam's cat. <laughs> yeah. It was the- that cat cannot, that cat cannot harm me. It is too small to be a problem. I'll be okay. Where's, where's my catnip? Where's my, where's my, where's yeah. my bag of cat weed? Where's my banana? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. Should we get into it? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Sure. Folks, buckle up. Here we go. Caravella. Video games. Caravella found the game he likes in 2021. Um, oh boy! Me too. Uh, I also. Yeah. Go on. This is it. This is hey, Mark. This is the video mark game. Mark the calendar. This is the well, one. Hang on. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Should we do a gut check? Okay, check my gut. How's everybody feeling here about the year so far? What are your like? Rattle off your like three favorite games so far. There's got to be something. Uh, f- yeah, for me, yeah, I something. have a couple. So, so far, I would say that I really liked Fights in Tight Spaces. I still really like Fights in Tight Spaces. I don't play it as much as I used to, but I still boot it up at least once a week. Um, I liked Ratchet a whole bunch. Mm. Um, Beyond that, I did like Death's Door. I don't know that I loved Death's Door, but I did like it. Did you guys go back to that? Have you played any more? Yeah, I I played another good chunk of it. I haven't finished it yet, but I've played, I think I'm probably halfway through it. Do we count Hitman 3? I yeah, mean, that was very early, right? That's oh, a, that was this year. Yeah, yeah, that, Fuck. That's a new video game. Came I would count that. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. 100%. So, like end of January. So maybe I was yeah. being a little hyperbolic in the Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a while though since I feel like I've really Okay, how about this? Okay. I was 
I was extremely pleasantly surprised at how much I liked The Ascent. The, okay. a, fe- a feeling I, I haven't had in a while with one of those surprise I really like. Now, Death's Door I actually really did like, but I think I, I think a sense doing stuff that's tapping into parts of my brain that haven't been tickled in a while. I, like, yeah. Like, for me, like, yeah, Death's Door was like, I'm enjoying this for a game I need to play to talk about on the podcast, and The Ascent is like, dude, this kind of rips, and I want to finish this. Except so you're saying it's making biscuits on your brain yes, right now. exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it's doing. Bringing it all back yeah, home. very good. Sphere. Right? Ma- exactly. making, Whoa. Write that one down, Brad. You might need that one a little bit later when the show's done. Making biscuits <laughs> on your brain. It's a real toss-up between that and... Uh, I should write that down. Wait, what is, okay. I, what's your other... I gotta hear a couple of... Other games from this year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I like knowing where everybody is at because it's been a chaotic year. There have been stretches where it's been tough to keep up with games, let's say. so. It, you know, it's hard for me because my year is also split up from the before time when we were at Giant Bomb until now. So I feel like mm-hmm. also that feels like a big dividing line that's, more than the That's year. what I mean. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I had completely forgotten Hitman came out this year because to me that is almost last year, even though it extremely is not. Sure. Like Hitman 3 is is up there for me for sure, like big time. Like that's a... Yeah, that's a, top, that's, top, that's a probably a top terrific three piece of work yeah. so far. I really did. So I really did like that game a lot. Um, boy, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. Through, I'm just scrolling quickly down a list here. Uh, not too much else actually. As I kind of go down it, that that I there are games I like, but I don't know if there's games I love on here. Like, I mean, I definitely don't have a top ten or anything even close to it. At okay, this that, point. that's what that was going to be my question. Is do you guys? have that muscle memory that I have of like, there's always kind of a loose top 10. Mm. Yes. I still rattling, have that. rattling around in my brain at any given time. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to have to formalize this. Eventually I should be thinking about what my, what my list looks like. Um, like last year when it came time to do the top 10, it was not hard to put together a list, but up until like September or October, it was hard for me to conceptualize what that list would look like. Cause there was a lot of stuff that I liked, but not necessarily stuff. I felt like, Oh, this is on my list. Whereas this year, I'm, I feel like I have even less to work with than I yeah, had last year. Like the only games that come to mind for me without any reservation are Hitman Three and Boomerang X. So, and beyond I, that, it's like, oh, that could maybe I could, yes, sure, maybe that. Like Returnal, if they, if and when they get that oh, save Returnal. patch out, like I really like Returnal. Returnal. That's a, I like. Returnal. I forgot like, about it. Yeah, I wish I liked Returnal more. Um, like, but but I don't. I'm not going to finish it until they get that patch out because. That's yeah, losing a run, like you said, is just yeah, a pain in the ass. It's just too much. Returnal could be on a running list for me, along with yeah. Ratchet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's um, uh, yeah. I I think I'd, Boomerang X I liked, but I don't think I loved it as much as you did. I think um, like that might be my game of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is a game fine tuned for, I mean, for yes, Rain, I think. Very much made that game for me. Uh, were there any other uh, Resident Evil? I I still need to play that. Uh, The Village. I've, I, oh, Village. Yeah, I've heard yeah. good things about it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, let's talk about let's talk about the ascent. The, the, the ascent the, now, a game that surprised the heck out of yeah, me. Yeah, so the ascent is um, came out on uh, Xbox and Steam. It's on Game Pass. It was uh, mm-hmm. when did it come out last week? I think yeah, it came last out week. Last, yeah, last week. Thirty dollars if you're buying it. Uh, hell of a hell of a game. I think it's made by Neon Giant, which I guess is all of eleven people, as far as I can tell. Uh, it's a cyberpunk. Dual joystick, isometric person shooter, action, action, shooter, action RPG, action RPG. Yeah, it is. It is an overhead dual joystick action RPG 
that is extremely Blade Runner, like extremely oh, doing that. It's out Blade Runner, yeah. Blade Runner at this. I point. mean, it has more aliens than Blade Runner had, but yes, yes, like it is. It is uh, sure, yes. It's on another planet. There are alien species that talk in some pretty yeah. hilarious, delightful voice samples. But like, so yes, but also is, they basically just built the city from Blade yes, Runner for them like, to hang out in aesthetically and in terms of tone and jargon and stuff like that. It is extremely oh, so jargony. It is extremely doing this the cliched cyberpunk thing, but it's doing mm-hmm. it extremely well. It's having a lot of fun with it, yeah. which I think is like very key for me with this stuff. And one of the things that was actually kind of a big turnoff for me with Cyberpunk, apart, it was 2077, apart from the part where the game was also broken, <laughs> was that I just wasn't getting much out of the stories and the characters that was fun. Mm. You know, like they, they, they weren't like, it just felt like it was trying too hard to be like super edgy. Whereas this is like, it has some of that, but it's also goofing at times and i feel like the goofing is actually working well for me yeah i think the writing is pretty good all the character dialogue is is well done but also like the background of everything that's going on it's like you're basically an indentured servant yes on this other planet like you've sold your life to this corporation just to get a trip to this other planet right for a Uh, better life and then you get Mm -hmm. there and like what the hell's going on with the board of the company like they went they they have lost contact with the rest of the world and so it's put the city into default (laughs) yeah which means that which means that other corporations are now eligible to come in and take over parts of the city. Uh, so, so I don't, I don't want to spoil too much in the setup, but that is basically the setup for the game. That's a very early yeah. on. It's past, just the right past the tutorial. Like your first job is literally they throw you into a waste reclamation plant because that's just your job to do the bad jobs, yeah. and then things start going sideways. Yeah, but I just, I just love this idea that it's like corp on corp warfare now. Of like, oh, mm-hmm. this the city is in default. It's yes. like technically owned by no one all of a sudden, and all these other. <laughs> corporations are about to move in and start fighting over the scraps so it's a great setup and it's one that i want to use for like a tabletop campaign because i love how many opportunities opportunities it brings up and i'm surprised i have i'm disappointed in myself i haven't thought of that setup before so you're basically you're living in this megacorp city i think they call it the arcology it's like a big tower Mm -hmm. where of course the people who are wealthy live on the top and and everything uh goes south as you go down to the bottom down to the sewers and Ascent Group, or uh, I think that is what it's called, is the corporation. And, you know, you kind of sell your soul to the company store to go work there. And you're, you're never going to pay this debt off. And they're basically going to kill you and all this stuff, all the bad stuff. And you start playing. And then during your mission, the, the well, I think what happens, the AGI or basically the, uh, the uh, artificial intelligence that runs the thing like, goes offline. And the, the, whole, the whole place basically like Brad said, default is basically bankruptcy. I think, I think the, right. uh, the whole place just kind of shuts down. I'm like, well, the ascent group is done. Figure it out. And you have now this vacuum where like the, the ascent corpo security corpsec is like, we're not getting paid anymore. So we're not going to keep the peace. You have factionalization of all these clusters of, of like, uh, localized mayors and stuff basically at each other's throats. And then you have the, my favorite group, which are the ascenders, which are the pro ascent group that are like the workers who are like, we're going to do this together with ascent. We are ascent. Everybody come on, get it together. They're going to be fine. The corpo stands. Yes. I love it. Yeah. The bootlickers. So like you walk in on the scene where uh, an ascender is talking to basically the, the region or the, the kind of the mayor of your little group. And they're like, but we are ascent and we're going to get through that. And we just got to get everybody together and, and tell them not to freak out. And like, it's going to be fine, you know, and they're just like, you know, indentured workers, just like everybody else. But it is, it is amazing how they nail that tone of like, Oh boy, 
Oh, these guys, yeah. these, these yahoos over this here. This is a fandom I want no part <laughs> people, of. Yes, people rallying around something they really should not. Uh, so th- the only disconnect in the entire thing for me so far, I mean, the the, the kind of logical leap in their narrative, and because it's a pretty well-fleshed-out world they build, the only disconnect I have is, why are you doing this for anybody? Because everything seems to have gone into anarchy uh, it's, it's not sure whether anybody's going to get paid at this point. It does seem like you're doing it because it's the best option in terms of, I don't know, making, getting to the, getting through to the other side of it. Uh, well, and also because you're a video game protagonist, right? Yes. Like that's kind of, right. you could kind of ask that of most characters in games. Just like, why are you doing all these errands for everybody? <laughs> oh, yeah. You need a game to play. So the, well, there's that aspect of it, but also let's be real. I mean, the thing we have seen time and time again is that when things go really pear shaped in, you know, various nation states and, and places, inevitably, there are also a lot of people that just keep doing their day to day routine and keep doing stuff, even as everything collapses around them, because yeah. what else are you supposed to do? Sure. So you're you're um, you're kind of going out on these missions, then um, aside from the various side jobs you do, which is like, go collect 17, you know, I think literally one of them is like uh, of this monster's testicle so I can go um, uh, do a thing. And like, there's all sorts of those side missions, place cameras around here. And then the main mission is a lot of. Uh, where I'm up to at least, or just got past, is we're trying to figure out what happened with the main thing. What's the bigger mm-hmm. story here? Uh, and you're fighting against other factions that have bubbled up. Uh, I think Alex, you and I, in the playthrough we did um, on the stream, left off in the Ronin uh, uh, kind of sector yeah. where we were getting attacked by the ver- the most cyberpunk cyberpunk. Like basically, somebody dumped all the cyberpunk ingredients into that level where it was guys going invisible with with camo and swords, uh, m- mm-hmm. monster like uh, 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 cy- cybernetic giants with machine guns uh, and hammers, uh, and and we two kind of rolling around uh, doing pe- with our cool guns, cool guns, doing power punches in our MC hammer pants or M- sorry, our, M- yep. our MCH pants. Uh, yes. Uh, so anyway, that that game also is a uh, four player, I think four player co-op four player co-op. Uh, yes. So some very positive things I want to say out of the bat here. Uh, I love the uh, uh, the art design and the and the um, aesthetic, I think, is that, really killing it for me. It's got that, this that city that. First, I don't know if it's the only city. It probably is. I've heard the game's not actually super long, so maybe that's. I think it's like fifteen to twenty hours. Maybe maybe that is the main environment and not just the first of many. But like that city, you get to like an hour into the game, like the density of yeah, like the detail and the lighting and like the layers. You know, the upstairs, downstairs, like it is a lot. Like there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that frame. Like that is (laughs) a really densely designed and packed visual. Asset. It, is a, it is a triumph of set design and like character design and like set decoration. Yeah, and they, like and everything you, about it just feels good. And they absolutely benefit from the fixed camera angle, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah, that's part of the reason that they can make a game this elaborate looking with 11, 12 people is that you know you can't swing the camera around, but like it, it looks incredible, especially on the the PC with all the ray tracing and stuff turned on. It feels very yeah. lived in. It's got it's got a lot of NPCs just wandering around in, in, yeah. in, the, in that kind of hub area. It's got a lot of storefronts. And they, they feel really good at dynamically running away and like screaming when you get into firefights with people yeah. right in the middle mm-hmm. of a crowd. Like everybody will just like clear the area really fast. It's, it feels really. Fast enough, but <laughs> it's, uh, uh, the other thing uh, just technically uh, that I love is uh, this is a minor thing and other games have done it before, but I do love it. When you go to quit, it tells you mm-hmm. your time since last autosave, which is like, yes. thank you. Just please, everybody, please for me, just do it. Cause I did hit a point where I was like, okay, I need to turn this off. 
Um, and I need to not just put it to sleep, but I don't know when it's saved. And I was like, you saved five seconds ago. You're good. And I was like, fantastic. Let's do this. Um, and also the, they show multiple characters in the cutscenes. when, uh, when you're playing co-op, uh, like it'll show like during the cutscenes or the kind of narrative breaks, it shows the multiple characters in it. And I thought that's great. Like it, it was fun to yeah. see. Alex's character standing next to me when we went in for a, a cutscene, or when I decided to go stand inside that guy's crotch. Oh yes, when he's standing inside a crotch, it's a uh, it's very good in that regard. It's got this real throwback '90s vibe to it. Yeah, like I, I saw. Yeah. So I never played Crusader No Remorse, but I saw some people when this came out who have played it, just saying like, yeah, it's kind of like they made a new Crusader. Mm, like okay. I, I don't know if you guys ever played that game. I've seen no. people play. It. I think I saw you know a giant bomb people play it, but probably Jeff play it. Uh, it, is, it is extremely that. It is extremely a '90s these isometric cyberpunk action game action rpg kind of thing um um i, I was getting um I, uh uh what is it? it's not fade to black what's the other one um i always get them confused and, and to this day i still get them confused. flashback flashback yeah uh like mm. animation heavy stuff like like blackthorn style uh sure those, those like i mean it's not the same but it just gives me vibes of those interplay style uh yeah games um, cause I think the, something about the animation, when you, when you kill an enemy, it's got a very Diablo pop where the loot just pops out of them and scatters on the mm-hmm. ground. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like, boop, <laughs> it's just like the creds hit the ground. It's got, um, uh, the, uh, what is the chair game? Also the, uh, um, Oh, shadow, shadow complex. complex. I don't know something about it. Give me a shadow complex vibe of, uh, Something about those games, but this is obviously from top down, and it's not you know it's not side scrolling. Something about is it, the, is it in like the bullet hits? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know. Something I, about the running around and the vibe and the like. Uh, maybe it's the aiming with just the laser coming out of your gun, and you're just aiming around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just gives me those, and I like that. It's a good. It's, it's like where I want to yeah. be. It's a it's a warm place for me. Uh, I also very much like that. It turns the verticality on its head where if you have the low ground, you are in a position of uh, supremacy because you can aim the gun up and they can't aim the right. gun down. Yeah, so it's an interesting it's an interesting combat system. I mean, it is a dual joystick shooter, like to be clear, like it right. is literally you move around like you literally are backing up and shooting at guys mm-hmm. by aiming at them with the with the thing. It is that. But like, yeah, so there's a soft cover system. I like that they don't like introduce the cover system really like they yeah. kind of do. But like I figured out you could do it before they tell you you can do it just because it works organically. Right. Because you don't snap to cover. You just duck. You have a crouch, which you use to get under stuff. But you also can there's waist high cover everywhere. Yeah. And you fully have a like blind fire, hold the left trigger, and just shoot over an obstacle while crouching move. And you can just use that, yeah, to like you can use that to shoot upstairs, like shoot up onto platforms at guys, or you can get behind cover and shoot over. Yeah, and it works. It, it, it feels, feels good. Great. It feels great. Yeah. Uh, so like when you have, if you can funnel people coming downstairs, you you just kind of have this channel, uh, like this death channel of people descending stairs as you're firing up the stairs, uh, w- which you know weird to say it feels good but you know it works in the game it does uh it's punchy you know it's got a everything has like a good sound and a good impact on that's, it. that's what i meant about the bullet hits when you're talking about shadow complex mm. like i feel like especially like i just found a hand cannon so maybe that's what's on the brain right now but <laughs> mm-hmm. um like the way that bullets when you shoot somebody the way the bullet like imparts momentum to the character like it feels like they just go fucking flying you know like they go down hard when you when you get the guys there's also a stagger uh, mechanic which i don't use that much i guess if you shoot them in the head um if you are aiming up, maybe this is on uh, bigger characters, you can get a, you know, they can step back and stagger and there's a stagger, uh, traits or or property on some guns. 
Uh, like I have the shotgun. I think Alex, you and I got that kind of heavy machine gun. That's sort of almost like Gatling gun. Yeah, kind of which thing. just has yeah. like a hundred rounds in it, um, <clears throat> which it, it was pretty just pretty fun. There's that was doing some work. <laughs> There, yeah. There's also obviously uh, augmentations, and so um, I haven't gotten too too deep into the abilities yet. But you can put abilities on the bumpers that kind of have uh, an energy cost while you're playing, and they're fun. Like what, I, I hadn't used them for a while, but as the game got more difficult, I started using them more. As okay, what's my what's my play here? It is empty this clip. During the reload, I'm going to punch a guy or do this like cyber punch to get him. And then I'm going to switch over to my other gun. And then I'm going to go find cover so I can reload everything and take a second. So that was fun. And you also have um, a tactical, which is basically some kind of grenade, it seems like. Uh, and right now, you can you can buy a frag. I have a stun grenade equipped currently. I think, Alex, you got some kind of healing field. Yeah, though I didn't quite figure out how that worked by the time we were out of the, the stream yesterday. <laughs> I think it heals everyone. like. Okay. The bad guys too, but um, yeah. So you know, there's there's um, it's a loot game. So you're, but it's, I think it might well, be a I, limited I loot it's game. More, it's, yeah. it's more of an RPG. I would say it's more of a traditional RPG than a loot game. Like yeah. they're not, they're not. Ran, I don't think they're randomly generating like, you know, loot from a table, like from an itemization table. I don't think it's like you know, you're not getting like plus five pants of the bear type stuff. Yeah, you're think, you're, you're right. I, th- I think all I think all the drops are hand built, kind of handcrafted. Um, I, I think you're right because you you upgrade them. You, yeah. you put points into them yes. and then and I've, I've just had the same items drop over and over which makes me think that they're all just kind of pre preset yeah so they'll drop at the level i believe i believe once you upgrade a thing universally for you that thing is now that level as far as my understanding goes uh and so if you level up your gun to level five all subsequent drops of that will be level five so i'm pretty sure you could just sell off all your dupes uh and be fine on the on the weapons i'm not exactly sure on the armor but i'm it's probably the same, but yeah, for the, for a lot of the game in the first few hours, I had four guns, three or four guns. And then I only got that other gun when Alex and I were playing and a new area dropped a new gun. Uh, so Brad, you're muted. How does that keep happening? I don't I just know. do it without even thinking. <laughs> um, I'm kind of surprised how much of an RPG it is for a couple reasons. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty stat heavy. Yeah. Like there's XP, you level, you get skill points when you level, you also find skill points in the world, but you drop those into categories that are very functional, like passive stuff, passive traits, like weapon handling, like health, like evasion speed, stuff like that. But when you use those points in those categories, they always say like putting a point into this will raise your mm-hmm. cybernetics right. or your frame, you know, or like there's a motor, like a motor skill. I can't remember what it's called exactly. The um, For the, like your speed, like your dodge. Well, that's the thing. I, they don't really spell out what those stats do exactly. Mm. Like, I, I think I think certain abilities and certain weapons scale to those points. Okay, like it's four categories: it's cybernetics, frame, motor, whatever. It's motor skills, and then I forget mm. what the other one is. But they don't. I don't. I didn't see a way to like highlight those stats and have it explicitly say like having a high cybernetics will do this. Like, mm. I don't. I don't know what those points do. Again, I think gear and abilities might scale to those. Um. The other reason that it feels like a throwback RPG is that they really are not afraid to just let you get fucked by wandering in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So like, like I got to that first city hub area and they throw side quests at you left and right. There's like eight or 10 side quests to pick up in that area and they call them out on the map. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go get every side quest before I move on so I can do them in line as I'm doing the story. I failed to notice that each side quest has a very small text <laughs> display that has a recommended level in it. Yes. 
So I go off to do like I did. I went to go do that morgue quest. Yes, it's like level 12. I got fucking worked in that morgue like four times in a row. I was like, did this game like what is this difficulty spike? Yeah. And I finally thought to look at that side quest display. I was like, oh, I'm level two and this is level 10. Yeah. Like, you know, your your modern expectation is that, well, if I'm picking up side quests in the starting area, they are starting quests and I can just go do them all and not even think about if they're going to be hard or not. But like all but one of those quests were so high level, I couldn't even touch them. Like, it was really interesting to see this, like, it's kind of like the, you know, it's like Breath of the Wild thing of like, oh, the, the zone right next to the starting zone is fucking deadly for you when you start this game. You know? Yeah. Like, there are, there are parts in the story progression that they're the same way of like, I got to a fork, uh, going to the grinder area, you know, you're supposed to broker that meeting between mm-hmm. the factions or whatever. Like, you can turn right and go to the story objective, or you can just turn left and go explore. Like, I turned left, and sure enough, like, all the enemies were, like, level 12, and they just fucking smoked me, you know? Like, it feels, it feels like, dangerous and, and kind of sporadic or unexpected, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you, yeah. You kind of don't, you don't know what you're about to wander into. You don't know what the Skull cyclist zone. you're picking up is going to hit you with. Yeah, like, you, 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 like, one wrong turn, and you're in the middle of a bunch of enemies with just skulls for levels, and that's, that's kind of refreshing. It is good you mentioned the tiny text because I think there are a few things that they still need to kind of work out with this one. Like, I think that any non-subtitle text feels like it is sometimes a little difficult to read Mm. if you are playing on a large TV. I feel like Um, that is just like, that problem is like endemic to games these days. I don't know how this is is happening. I don't know if all these games are getting authored by developers sitting at desks with TVs right next to them or whatever, but I feel like like a ton of games when I'm playing on a TV in the living room have text that's like painfully small to read these days. It's also got other technical issues. I will say playing on the Xbox, it seems like that is probably the ideal place to do it. Um, Like I was seeing some bugs here and there when Vinny and I were streaming together. It seems like the co-op sometimes has a hard time loading stuff in smoothly. So you'll occasionally see a character like T posing right before they go into their default animation and stuff. That's not that big of a deal. I've heard the PC versions That's, are a little rougher. That is my big knock with that game. I'm playing the Steam version, which is apparently the good one. Mm-hmm. So the, apparently the Windows Store, the Game Pass version on PC, apparently shipped with the DirectX 12 support broken. Oh, yeah. Meaning you can't use any of the DLSS or ray tracing features, among oh, other things. Bummer. Is that I mean, patched they, by this point? I don't, not that I've seen. They not said yet, they, I don't they, think. They said they're working on it, but uh, the Steam version does have all that stuff working, but it's pretty janky. I mean, it's got a really bad stuttering problem. I mean, uh, like unplayably bad. Basically, anytime anything explodes or you move into a new area, it seems like anytime it's trying to load assets, you know, like some particle assets or like a new part of the level or whatever, like it just hitches to unplayable levels, like frame a frame a second type levels. That's a shame. For like the first time I used the punch move, you know, like the punch has this like cool explosion of particles off of it. Yeah. The first time I used the punch ability from the first frame of the punch to the f- punch being fully concluded, the game just froze. Like that's, that's what it's like. It's like, I didn't even see the animation for that move. The game was literally just locked on a frame for the, for the entire like second and a half of that move. It's like, it's stuff like that pretty frequently and it really sucks. Yeah. I think like a couple of patches to iron that stuff out would really go a long way because there's a really solid core. Yeah, totally. They have made here. Like that's the thing. I actually want to maybe come back to it after they've put some hot fixes out because it's like, it's good enough that I want to play it in a better form than it's in right now. Like, yeah. Like I went to the menu this morning where all your stats and health and, and money and stuff are, and it was blurred out like they were putting a depth of field effect on it. Like literally just super blurry. Like you couldn't read it. I've had the map stick where like I popped out of the map and the map was still stuck on top of the gameplay. Yeah. Um, I had a side quest fail to like trigger the next step last night. Like it's, it's pretty rough. And to be fair, you know, 11, 12 people, small team. I get it. 
But yeah, but that's I think the core of the game is good enough that I'm like, man, I really want to have a good time with this game. I am having a good time with this game, but like this is this is detracting enough that I might need to wait a little bit. I had I had a, a little bit of performance stuff on the Xbox Series X, not too too much, but a little bit of frame hiccup stuff. Um, but but not not nothing that was like outside the you know like tolerance issue like the not okay. stuff that you're talking about yeah this is like unplayably bad no 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 this is like oh my gosh there's a lot going on here it's chugging a little bit um you know not great but not but still playable and then um there was an, like an audio bug that it was really annoying where we had to actually stop the session and reload back in the uh the nice thing that about it though it does seem like checkpointing and saves are pretty generous so if you yeah. if you do wipe yeah. it does seem like it and it doesn't seem like there's a penalty so uh, oh, no, you actually. You I think keep, the penalty is you just have to go shoot those guys again. That's yeah, you actually good. you actually keep all your XP when you die. You like do. it doesn't even it doesn't even roll your XP back to where you saved last. You, you yeah yeah. So that that seems nice. There you know some gameplay stuff that you can you see the seams breaking a little bit. You you can you you can leash the, the characters are leashed pretty t- like tightly to their spot. So if you run back too far, they will just turn around and start walking back to where they um their point, and I think they get their health back. So if you kind of go too far through a zone, but I think the action's fun. The music's good. Yeah, um, it plays well. The music's good. It's really the world, though. I think for me, it's really the look yeah. and the yeah. tone, the tone of the writing, and like the character design and all that stuff are really good. This is it feels like kind of cheap and on the nose, but I really love the use camel case for a ton of the names in the world, <laughs> like Corpsec yeah. or um, God damn it, what is the name of the boss? Like it's not Scrap Boss or Sector Boss or whatever, but it's like oh, you know, it's the lowercase who, lowercase first name? letter. Yeah, like lowercase first letter, uppercase, you know, inner mm. inner letters, inner words. Like it's Might like stack boss, stack boss, something like that. Yeah. It all feels like, yeah, it, it, the jargon is very good is, is what I'm trying to get at. It feels, it's a little cheesy, but it feels very authentic. Yeah, it, it's cheesy, but it, right. It seems to, it seems like it, to be working. It knows what it's trying to be and it is just being that. Like it's just neon lights and, and like, you know, wet pavement all mm-hmm. over the place. Like they're not trying to pretend it's anything else. It's just doing it really well. And like within the first ten minutes, you get your you get your the ascent cyberpunk drug. I forget what it's called, but they, you know, the, oh snooze, snooze. The drug, <laughs> the drug in this game is called snooze. Like, oh, you want to take the orange snooze? Yeah. <laughs> I get it, man. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, I, I'm digging it. I'll probably wind. I actually really like the the multiplayer. The co op was a lot of fun. Uh, also, the co op seems to just share items. So um, hmm. so. Uh, when I pick up something, Alex just gets it. So if a, a weapon drops and I pick it up, he just gets the same weapon. It just dupes for the co-op, which is awesome. So I, I picked up um, a deck upgrade and he just got it, which was great. Uh, so it's it's pretty huh. pretty great in that regard. Interesting. I, um, I don't know how the scaling was. I assumed, like we hit parts that were challenging. So I assume it is scaling uh, in terms Ooh. of enemy placement, but I don't know. I can't. Im- I don't, yeah. It's tough to say. I don't know. He came in at like when we started. He was like you were. Like, I was like four levels behind. I think you, maybe I, think. I was seven and you were three. Is that what it was? Yeah. And then he just scaled up really quickly. He just it was huh. caught up. And now when we ended, he was one level below where I was. So, um, I I don't know exactly what's going on under the hood there for difficulty scaling and and you know maybe maybe kind of boosted Alex's damage output. I'm not sure, but uh. It played. It was fun. It was fun to do it co-op. It, it has a uh, down but not out feature, so you just, you know, bring your person back to life. And if you both go down, if you don't bring them out by the time the timer ends, it just reloads you. So it, I like that as well. So if if your co-op partner is not just sitting there idle while you're playing, like you have to go get them back up, otherwise it just reloads you, which I, which I also really like. 
The Ascent. It's uh, cool. Out. It's neat. It's surprising. Yeah. Out now, $30, Xbox uh, and Steam. Uh, on Game Pass, if you have it. On Game Pass, if you have it. And then yeah. the Windows version, obviously, Brad was saying, maybe yes, some maybe. patches needed there. Definitely some Steam patches. Steam version there. as well. Like, it, it yeah. could use a little fixing up. Um, so, yeah, I, I am... Uh, I hope this does well for them because I really want to see what they go after next. Like, yeah, it's their, yeah. It's their first game from what I'm seeing here. I Good outing. This is their first release. Uh, Neon Giant is the name of that dev. So good on them. The Ascent. Uh, next up, you want to talk a little bit about that um, Final Fantasy Pixel remaster? Oh, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sure. What do you What do you think? What are your My pixel art, like the actual pixel art, the end game look of it is pretty nice. I only played one, so it's, it's what is it? It's one and one through three are out now. Yeah, mm-hmm. one is twelve Four. bucks, two is twelve bucks, three is eighteen, or you can get the bundle for like a hundred <laughs> bucks. That's a weird split. Yeah, four through six are not out and don't even have dates. I don't believe, and yeah. those are the ones I actually really care about. So, although after playing this one, I don't know how much I even care about those. Oh dang! Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's exactly what it looked yeah. like. Like. Look, I don't want to assume too much about this thing, but I went into the options. I looked at the licenses because that's what I do. The very first license listed being an Android license felt very telling <laughs> because it does very much feel like a port of a mobile game like this. You know, like Square's been doing that for a while. You know, like that version of Chrono Trigger on Steam was a port of a mobile game and people revolted against that one. Well, these had uh, mobile, not the Pixel or Masters, but Final Fantasy have come to mobile, right? That's correct. But yeah. I want to say the. Gosh, I and should. People hated this. them, didn't they? Like people really yeah, did not, not like them. It's not super well received. I want to let me let me double check. I thought these pixel remasters were out on mobile, right? Yes, mobile and yeah. Steam uh, are the are the current platforms. Uh, it feels like that. It feels very much like it is ported from a mobile phone, which I believe it actually is. So, uh, so I when I was looking these up because there were things I I I don't have a great memory, and I, I also played Final Fantasy One. Uh, I got up to beating Garland and the bridge being rebuilt, and then I think I, I, I it has a save out of menu if if you just want to save it and and turn it off. It ha- does have that, so you can do that, which is nice. It seems like they have rolled in features that were maybe in other ports of Final Fantasy. You can walk diagonally. I was literally sitting here waiting for you to stop talking so I could say you could walk diagonally. What the fuck? Walk diagonally, which That's not feels Final Fantasy. broken, but like... Yes, it feels weird. It does not feel right. Which is but probably fine, but you can walk diagonally. Yeah, it's, it's not a big deal, but it's very strange. Could you always run in town? Um. Oh, gosh, I haven't played... I haven't, I haven't played Final Fantasy yet. 1 since the late 80s, so I don't know. Um... I'm pretty sure you had mana co- MP and uh, for your spells and not spell slots, right? Because this game has like, what do you mean by slots? So this game has, and again, I could be wrong, uh, and I'm sorry if I am, but this Final Fantasy on the Pixel Remaster basically has Dungeons and Dragons style. Hey, you have three level one spell oh, you slots. Have uses of you have yeah. uses of these spells. Is that I can't remember? Is that what I, actually, I thought you just had I, MP. I cannot remember actually. Um, but Final Fantasy one again, it's got. You know, you name it. the UI. I don't love like that's that's the main thing for me. Like it might seem like a kind of trivial thing to get hung up on, but like on the other hand, that's the thing people complained about when this thing was revealed, right? Like yeah. the in-game, the new in-game pixel art looks pretty good. Yeah, like it kind of looks like a nice redone widescreen version of those games that are aesthetically in that spirit. And yet, every menu in that game is incredibly crisp and high res and lifeless as hell. Like it is all just lifeless. Like, yeah. yeah. 
super sterile and clinical looking in a way that is super, and it's not just the like system menus. It is literally every time you hit, I guess on an Xbox controller, it's Y Mm. to go to that menu, to go to the character menu, the equip screen, you know, the stat screen, all that items, all that stuff, magic. Like it's, it's everywhere. Every bit of text in that game, every, every display of information has that really clinical high res, like ugly look to it. That just clashes like crazy. I, has anyone modded a new font in yet? Not yet. Well, I went to look. I went to look and see if there was like some eleventh hour swap where they put in an option for like pixel fonts or something. But the only display option I found is a really bad fake looking scanline filter. I mean, really muddy. There's a scanline filter in the game uh, you could put on. Uh, there's also I saw people. It's like a whole thing. If you, I think it's from my loose understanding. I'm sorry, I'm getting this half right. But if you do some stuff in the directory to basically change the font to a Japanese, the Japanese font in there, but then set the text to English. I guess it spaces Ooh. it out a little bit more. So I saw okay. some people say, I, I don't know if that's actually what it's um, doing. <laughs> that was a weird moment when I made my party. Cause you just pick your classes and name the characters, yeah. right? They're not story characters and you go to put the text in and it's like, Names can be six full width characters or 12 half width characters. I'm like, I don't, what the fuck? I'm not supposed to know what that, I don't know what the difference is. I'm just going to type a name in here. Yeah, that's funny. That was a little bit confusing right up front, but like, I mean, even if you swap the fonts out, the menus are still going to look very weirdly crisp and, and like, it, it just clashes. I don't know how you ship a product called Pixel Remaster and don't do the whole thing top to bottom to aesthetically evoke that era, right? Like the... Again, the in-game graphics are doing a pretty good job of that. Like, it looks pretty nice outside of uh, all the, the UI elements. Do you think... Well, I sort of know how you do that, and it's because it's square. Well, like, yes. Again, they make confusing choices about like, these th- sorts of things all the time. Again, like the Chrono Trigger port to Steam was exactly this, and people did not like that either, and I totally understand why. But they... When I was looking up the font stuff, and again, if you want to know what I'm talking about, just go look for, um, you know, pixel remaster fonts, that font swapping, but like... I th- somebody said there in one of the forums that for Secret of Mana they put in a, a different font. Eventually, they kind of patched in. Uh, I think a they did font. some. So they did some work to Chrono Trigger as well. I don't okay. know exactly what. So maybe they'll do that. It'd be a- How do you not take those lessons from from previous products and apply them preemptively? I wonder. So you think four, five, and six are are going to have the same UI? Because yes. Oh man, hundred percent. I just grunge it up a little bit. 100%. Oh, man. Zero expectation this is going to change. The music is good. I'm go- I will say that. Everything the, that's outside of the UI, I think, is good. The music is is all, like, re- I don't know if it's, like, actual live in studio musicians, but it kind of sounds like it. It doesn't. Do- it does not sound like crappy synth facsimile. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like real instrumentation. Uh, and all the music is rearranged and sounds quite good. Like, I was, as someone, as someone who listened to the original Final Fantasy soundtrack not a week ago, yeah, I can tell you it's quite faithful and and pretty impressive. Uh, at the same time, I downloaded the the soundtrack that's on available on Steam. Yeah, three tracks. Wait, what? It's three tracks. It's not, it's not the whole soundtrack. Wait. Just just FYI. Why? I don't know. There were three MP3s in that folder. <laughs> to get a wallpaper. It's not, uh, it's not what you think. And it's a good soundtrack. Like I wouldn't mind having the whole thing, but they didn't put that out. They um, they. I mean, I, also the backgrounds during the fights are nice. It's not just like solid black. You know, it, it has a background, um, yeah. kind of like later uh, Final Fantasy games had. Yeah, yeah, it's, they look nicely modernized. It's um, you don't whiff if your character, and this is probably something that was added into some other ports, but you don't whiff if your previous character killed the monster and you had target oh, yeah. targeted. You remember that? Oh, 
Yes. Yes. Your character just used to swing the sword and be like, miss. Yes, they would would just go attack thin air. Yeah. Which was, you know, I wonder if you can, I didn't see, I didn't see that many options actually for turning stuff back on, but, uh, uh, I don't think that's one I even, I would turn on. It seemed, I haven't played Final Fantasy in a while. Uh, One in an extremely long time did seem a little easier than I had remembered. And I don't know if there's any kind of scaling there or like anything has changed there, but. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, I think what scaled was you. I don't know. You scaled from the last yeah, time you played. Very it. bad at games, but like, I mean, I, I don't remember how the early game is in that game in terms of difficulty. I do remember, I do remember fucking grinding on the bridge in front of Tiamat over and over, fighting those goddamn war machines or whatever. Did you always so start with? It definitely money? gets hard later. Uh, I don't. I, I really don't remember. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just nailed the uh, the. Uh, I named one of my mages Magewell, and uh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Good stuff. It's not. Uh, I I will check out four and six when they come out, just because I love those games to death. But yeah. I don't have high expectations that I will spend a lot of time with them. I don't. Why would they not do a Switch release? I'm sure. I guess that'll come eventually. But like, you know, you want to play these games on your phone? Go for it. Fine. I don't want to sit at a desk and play them. Hey, listen. Like Steam is Steam is a weird launch platform choice. Well, soon you'll be able to play it on your portable Steam Switch. It's true. I guess you're right. But like. I don't know. A Switch release would have made a lot more sense for a launch to me than this, but... Bradley Shoemaker. Square abandoned Nintendo, and they know that's what right. they did. That's right. They can never right. come home. They can never come home. I've got a petition. Oh, I just had a terrible thought. I've got a petition ready to post to Usenet as soon as we're done here. I just had a terrible thought. What's your terrible what? thought? Are any of those games available as part of the classic games offering on Switch already? Mm. Oh, you mean like I don't bo- think so? I don't think oh, so. Oh, yeah. the you mean the Nintendo Switch Online? Yeah, I don't think so. What if they want them to be? That's possible. Mm. possible. And what if that might get in the way of them wanting that as part of that? That could be the case. I don't. I'm I'm purely guessing here. But I don't think they would offer the re- the Pixel Remaster stuff in that case. They'd probably just put a ROM. Up. No, no, no. No, that's what I'm saying. Games, yeah. That's what I'm saying is that they don't they're they're like trying to negotiate to be like no we just want to get these games on this thing yeah, yeah I, I, it's tough to say I don't know those other those other ports are not on oh no I take that back Secret of Mana is on Switch but Chrono Trigger is not yeah probably they would charge you twice don't sweat it too much Alex they, they, you're yeah. right you're actually right <laughs> yeah. you're totally right they absolutely, they absolutely would charge would you twice sc- I, what the fuck am I talking about? about yeah yeah don't get too, yeah. don't get too worked up they just get you twice I um. I had some pretty good nostalgia moments in the in brief time I played with it. I mean, it's not very long to go beat Garland. Um, and it was like, oh, man. Yeah, this kind of brought me back a little bit and is supplanting my memory of that game pretty quickly. You know, like when you mm-hmm. see you know, when you know, see the movie after you read a book and then suddenly you lose your mental yeah. image of what those characters look like and it just it gets replaced. And now it's like, oh, this game always looked like this. And Oh, Matoya. <laughs> oh, those brooms, right. Um, so so now it's like, okay, yeah, no, this game always like you always walk diagonally, Brad. I don't know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. We're always at yeah, war so with it, Oceania. It was always the kingdom of Cornelia, not Corneria. That, <laughs> like, like it was in the original game. Yeah. I wish they had stuck with Corneria. I thought I always thought that that's way more unique. Uh, was it the but, daughter's name also Corneria? I no, I thought it was Sarah. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have these games are. No. Um, this is not 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 really for me. Not what I was looking for. Not Brad's Final Fantasy. I just don't need it. Like honestly, I don't think I needed even a better version of this. 
What was the one they put the cuts, the like the CGI cutscenes in? Oh God, I don't know. It was like a been... PlayStation One version of it. Um, yeah, they've done Might endless re releases of these things. Yeah, the PlayStation versions, like the Chrono Trigger report to PlayStation, has anime cutscenes, like oh, straight up hand drawn, oh, cell cool. animated. Okay. Um, I don't know. There's been Final Fantasy Origins, Final Fantasy something something, mm. all kinds of stuff over the years. Well, there are people who definitely know more than we do about what is new in this port and what is just um, uh, brought over, ported over. Uh, so um, we can discuss it in the uh, Discord. He's right. Like. Uh, but uh, yeah, twelve bucks is maybe for me. That's probably a slightly above what I would think I would be okay popping out that being said i bought all of them. i bought the bundle okay, wait right. the whole i did six game bundle i did wow because i'm gonna buy i'm gonna buy four and six uh-huh. and those are more expensive than the other ones and then you're gonna buy five because you're like five never came out here and i should probably get the one that never came out here and i was like i'm gonna buy one so at that point i was getting close to the bundle price when i did the math because it's on sale for like 75 bucks or something like that. I mean, you're basically losing money if you don't buy all of them. I'm an idiot. No. You're a gamer. <laughs> all right, this well, is what gamers I'm, I'm do. Let's, let's gamer. move on. <laughs> um, Alex. Yeah. If I wanted to spend $5 on something fun, mm-hmm. what are my choices? can't get anything fun for five dollars these days it's impossible what? no one no one there's no fun for five dollars anywhere in this world what? you can get a snickers bar for five dollars is that true you got to be able to get a snickers bar no i'm, I'm joking okay. i'm clearly exaggerating uh no i did well, i will say uh i have been playing this thing uh since yesterday that just came out the the ramp <laughs> it is a skateboarding toy uh and i believe it is self-described that way those the, like the words of the developer and i kind of want to pull up that steam description because yeah. it was kind of endearing so it is a, a lo-fi indie skateboarding experience, very much in the vein of like a lot of other recent skateboarding games where it's not heavy on objectives. And in this case, it is zero objectives. Uh, it is just four maps, you know, a couple of pools, a couple of different ramps and a few different skaters. And there is no time limit. There are no objectives. There is nothing there to hurdle you or propel you other than your own desire to fuck around in some skate zones and it's like, it's like a very no frills no objectives no rules well they're kind of rules but like yeah it's like hey you want to skate a half pipe you want to grind you want to do a 900 off this ramp do you want to get zero rewards or feedback for doing that other than mm-hmm. a number popping up go for it you want some chill beats behind you we got yeah. that yeah do you want it to look kind of like twee like a little uh <laughs> you want to look like a man go like a little board game looking presentation like it's sitting on your dinner table yep we got that for right. five dollars or actually less right now. <laughs> it- I think as a five dollar experience, uh, I like it. It is not a thing I'm probably going to boot up constantly, but as an every once in a while chill out thing, like I already found a little bit of Zen playing it. <laughs> yeah, like I've I've got this I've got the Steam page in front of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Under features, there's another section that says caution. When thinking about buying the ramp, please keep in mind that it is a very small game. Uh-huh. Maybe not even a game, but rather a digital toy. It was created by a single developer. Hi, that's me, Paul, to scratch a very specific itch. Like, it is, it is very upfront about, like, hey, there's not much to this. It's, like, more of a toy. It's an amusement. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's, if you yes. if you are clear in your messaging about what you are making, I think, you know, as a proof, you could have just pitched this thing as like, this was a proof of concept. I, I want to make a skateboarding thing. And I did it. You yeah, know? it's got it's got a neat feel to it. And I appreciate like, you know, a lot of skateboarding games have gotten very heavy on technique and rules and objectives and unlocks and all that stuff. And it's nice to have something go all the way in the other direction and just be like, hey, you just want to skate? Like, just skate. Just do some tricks. Whatever. And the skating feels pretty good, I will yeah. say. Like, it is, it's not my favorite skating mechanics I've ever played, but, like, it feels good. It's pretty intuitive. It's not very complicated. The thing it kind of made me pine for, uh, and I think some of this just is, like, by nature of the perspective of where you are playing, uh, but, like, I kind of wanted, like, a little bit of, like, a 720 open world environment with, yeah. like, these skate mechanics, you know? Yeah, it'd be cool if it had, like, Steam Workshop support. I mean, granted, it's $5 and less yeah. on sale right now. Like, this is kind of a big ask for 5 bucks. but if it had some kind of ability... Yeah, some kind of ability for people to make their own skate parks. Yeah. That would be super I, cool. Uh, but again, I think even if you just treat this as, like, a proof of concept of maybe doing something more with this down the road, I would love to see them try and do more with this down the road. You know, yeah, and like, again, I'm not, I don't want them to get into, like, Tony Hawk territory, but if you could just build out a little bit more of an interactive experience with this, I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. I mean, it is a little reminiscent of that GBA Tony Hawk 2 that people are so mm. fond of, you know, that because yeah. uh, well, it's that. isometric in the same way. And we haven't had a lot of, not since Skate or Die, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you don't have a lot of that style of isometric skateboard game these days. It's, I haven't played it, but looking at it, it's got the vibe of like summer games, like epics, like summer games, uh, the old like, uh, Commodore 64 style like it would be an event in there like oh okay sure. hey here's yes. your your here's your old Commodore 64 ish style X games and here's an event from it uh and next up hot dog yeah go go slalom or uh remember world games Did you ever play that I mean, yeah caber toss and uh all, all sorts of fun stuff it's got that vibe and I, I kind of like the aesthetic on it yeah uh the, so yeah the that's ramp. just a little a little amusement that happened to come through as we were looking through our, our planning this month. And a trifle. Like, oh, yeah. It's a trifle. A trifle. I like a good trifle when but it's in, good. In, in and a this good one way. seems pretty good. In a good way. Uh, yeah. The ramp, $5 on Steam. Uh, the last thing I'll say here uh, that I jumped into for a little while, uh, more than a little while, but got a little done, was Starbase. And this is uh, this is 35 bucks on Steam. It's by Frozen Bite, which are the Trine. Oh, the Trine. Trine folks. The Trine people. The this Trine people. Very much not Trine. No. Uh, this is a build them in space game, uh, resource gathering in space, and then building your ship in space game. It It is dense. Yeah, it looks that way. Like, some people on the Discord recommended this to us yeah. last week, and I was like, oh man, I like building spaceships. I mm-hmm. like Trine. I like all these things. It does look very cool, but it looked like a lot. So it starts you off in in the tutorial, and it's and it has you deconstructing a ship, and you're like, "Oh man, this is some hard space. I love this. You're you're using a buzz saw, and you're breaking apart a ship, and the pieces of the ship break. Yeah, your mm-hmm. your ship breaking, and you, and the pieces of the ship are flying into different things. And you're like, "This is great. Let's do it." And then it kind of gets you into like asteroid mining. It gives you a pickaxe, and it's like, okay. <laughs> You left click to smash it with the pointy part and that'll break it open and then right click to smash the good parts into little bits and that's what you want to collect. So you don't want to, you don't necessarily want to collect the outer shell. You want the inside gooey bits of the asteroid because you only want the nougat. You want that uh, good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then eventually after all that, and then they have you repair some stuff. So you have a repair tool. And then after a lot of that stuff, they get you in your ship. And I was like, okay, let's go to work. And then you go out into space and you got to go find the asteroids. And it was like a five minute drive in space, like real time to go get those asteroids. And I, the space is big. The space is maybe too big. And you're, and you're slow. God, what did you do? You made it too big. You, 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 you big idiot. <laughs> it's just too big. And so you're flying. So you pick, I wasn't really sure what this meant, but when you start, it basically looks like you're picking a server shard. It's like, where do you want to start? Base one, base two, base three. And it has like population counts where it's like, or I think huh. population, it says like medium, large. And you're like, uh, so I scrolled down and I was like, I'm going to start on base 30 because why not? And then as you're flying through space, you see the other bases around the perimeter of this um, mining cluster. And so you're flying and tiny little dots, I swear I'm not joking, tiny little dots start appearing on your screen to the point where I had a a smudge on my monitor, like a little black speck on my monitor. I wasn't sure if it was an asteroid or something else. And you fly towards those and then you kind of pull up next to it, one of them. Like, all right, I'm gonna get out of my ship with my pickaxe and mine it. And you get back in your ship and you fly towards the next one. And you know, they, once you're in the cluster, you're around them. But then you see other people because it's an online MMO style game, and um, other people are just flying around picking off stuff there too, taking your asteroids. Well, there might be plenty of asteroids for everybody, but uh, that's fair. You would hope. Uh, but I. As I was flying out there being like, this can't be right. You know, I had one of those things where I was like, I'm got to look this up. I'm doing something wrong. People are like, no nope. thrusters that you're missing. Yeah. Is it like, or- that, like that No Man's Sky thing where if you point at a planet and use the normal thrusters, <laughs> it's like, you'll arrive in an hour and seven minutes. So, yeah. You, or, or, or you pop the pulse drive and it's like, oh, you'll be there in 20 seconds. So I assume there are upgrades you're going to get because it's all about building, getting resources to build out your ship and, and kind of, kind of uh, uh, get it. To a point, or or that's the loop, right? I assume that's the loop that you're you're getting resources to build a better ship, um, you know. And you you do the tutorial, and you come back, and you're like, okay, now build more storage because you, you can only hold a certain amount while you're out there. So you make your five minute trip out there, mine for a while, make your five minute trip back, and then you know while you're out there, you only fill up a certain amount. And you got to come back, so you come back, drop your stuff off in your storage locker, and then it's like, okay, you got enough to build more storage on your ship. And so I did that, and then I was like, okay. Now get back out there. And I was like, I, <laughs> I can't write, I can't right now, but maybe another time when I have another podcast to listen to, but like that is d- load up a podcast and go mine some shit. And I think you'll be good. But I liked what I was seeing, but that time commitment on that is both ballsy as hell, but also maybe a little much for me. Like Do you at least have cruise control. It does have a cruise control. Okay. Uh, so you, you kind of hit the throttle and, uh, you kind of hit it. I think it's called a cruise and you hit a button and you can get better, even better to check out and listen to a podcast. Yeah. 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 I mean, you still have to steer, but Mm. you just kind of bop, but you have fuel. So don't get stuck out there. There's a transponder button, but I never did get stuck. Uh, you also have a battery generator ship. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I think you are making a ship. I didn't get that deep into the ship construction parts of it, but I think you're wiring up different components and you're putting different stuff on your ship. Which sounds neat, but that might be a bit of a grind for me. So, um, but yeah, a game that makes you fly that long—that's good on them. Because I uh, there's something simmy about that uh, that I like. But um, 
I gotta be in the right place for that. I this this almost feels like some Eve Online like shared world like you need to suffer for this kind of thing like this needs to be mm-hmm. dangerous and tedious and all of the bad things that mm. people don't want out of games. Maybe I don't know. I don't if I like, but if I'm like gonna spend like I, I'll boot up Flight Simulator for that. Sit there and and do this for 45 minutes style feeling right now. Even though I'm not building the plane, but like, hey, he's a real time 45 minute flight. And that's my that's what I'm getting out of flight simulator later right now. There's not a lot to look at when you're cruising out yeah. there. Uh, space, space is empty. It turns space out space is empty. So that's There's the reason they call it space. Starbase. Listen, I bought it. Mm. I'll probably jump back into it and give it some more time. Um, and also, you know, it's an online game. It's uh, I think it builds itself as an MMO. Though we were talking a little bit on one of our podcasts about what is an MMO. There are multiple people online at the same time in this game. Um, you do have a quick select bar. I didn't see too many cooldowns mm, on it. So, okay. uh, so let's, we'll see how that goes. You get different tools and stuff. So that is I, Starbase. I, yeah, I was, I was curious about this game and I feel like you're maybe unselling me on it. I would make it, I would go through the tutorial if I were you, you know, mm. like if you can go through the tutorial and get to the point where you get in your ship and see what you're, it's a voxel game. So that's uh oh. yeah, okay. I think it's a voxel game. Um, a lot of smashing stuff and, you know, like a lot of stuff, pieces coming off. I, I think I, I think there might be a, a pretty big curve on this one of like, you get, you got to make it through some business. Early access, right? Early. I believe early access. Yes. Um, that's what this, that's what this says. Yes. $35. Um, so yeah, I listen, I trust frozen Bite, So I like trying a whole lot and I like what they did with trying. Oh, right. I, I'm reminded looking at the steam, uh, store page, the, the screenshot of the ship editor just looks like Photoshop. Like it's like some full on application style. You are building this spaceship with all these trees and buttons and tools. And like, they have an easy like, builder, like, which is mostly what I stayed in, which is like snap Photoshop the thing on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a weird one for sure. It's, a uh, you gotta be in there. You gotta be in there. Hmm. System. These, yeah, I the other space game on Steam I've had my eye on is Pulsar. Mm. I haven't tried it. It's a multiplayer game, so I haven't tried it. I feel like we need a crew. Yes. It looks like a Star Trek game. Yes. It looks like a... Okay, everybody, you're talking my language. It looks like an everybody man the bridge and let's fly this... Yes, okay. Uh, ...the spaceship somewhere cool and go down on this planet and see some cool shit. I want to do that. And then beam back up to our spaceship and fly somewhere else and do something yeah. else cool. Like... Uh. I, I I need to read up on it. I'm not quite sure how it works, but like the the first Steam user review I read on that game was, "Have you ever wanted you and your friends to be all of the crew members in a run of FTL?" And I was like, "Yes, yes." Like it's it it looks cool. We should cool. We should check that out sometime. I will check that out. And it's you. got a very Star Trek vibe. To yes, it. Uh, Bridge yes, Commander was the one I keep thinking of, which was the VR yeah. That one, was right? just yes. The I think that was the name of that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that game was okay. It turned out to be a little more limited than I mm. was hoping. Uh, all right. So with that was uh, the Ascent, which is available mm-hmm. on Xbox and uh, Xbox X and S and One. Is it on One? I don't know. If it's I don't on know one. if that. I don't know if that is on Xbox One. Uh, it, it may not be. It's available on Game Pass and the Windows Store, obviously, and then Steam. It's thirty dollars. Uh, Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster, which is available on Steam and a mobile. If you're if you're there. Uh, various prices for the first three of those $12 to $18. The ramp, which is $5 on steam and then Starbase, which is $35 early access on steam as well. The ascent is on Xbox one. It is. I wonder how it runs on there. 
Mm. Shook your head a little bit. <laughs> mm. You also how wonder ran, how it might run on there. Seeing how it's running on this 3080, I'm not sure I want to know. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back with some news after uh, after the break. We've got some news on Horizon Forbidden West, the PS5 firmware, SSD expansion stuff, Annapurna showcase, and some updates on the Activision Blizzard stuff. So stick around. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything find those subscriptions and cancel Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. <laughs> ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what are you doing on that vacation there? Hmm? I was. I had to access my GitHub account, uh -huh. and I was doing yes. some coding, and then sure. I, I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's That's fast That's what they enough. all it's say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know it. they didn't know a damn thing. It says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN expressvpn.com slash nextlander thanks expressvpn 
And we are back, and it is time to get into a little bit of this week's news, or a medium amount of this week's news. Uh, some of this week's news. The goings-on. What's, go- what's the going on there? A lot of people got these new consoles. A lot of people want to play new games on these consoles. I like video games. I don't know about you guys. One of the games nope. I liked from uh, last gen's console 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 was uh uh the play in the playstation uh tent under that big tent of playstation was horizon zero dawn Mm. very much for horizon the frozen oh you like that game okay (laughs) i see how it is (laughs) i do wow you get to cat now you're all catty huh i guess no i don't know i I, I, horizon was not my favorite but i also that is a gorgeous game that i understand why people dug it Good. I'm glad you understand me now because I really yeah. dug it. Um, I didn't. I didn't actually make it through. Was it Frozen Wilds or is that the uh, Frozen? I think something, it was right? Frozen Wild. Frozen something. Uh, I also didn't get through that. I I quite liked that game and got like halfway through that DLC and fell off of it. So. Yeah. I yeah. I, I think it's, a lot of it had to do with I just liked how Horizon wrapped up. Like I kind of liked how. That yeah. Came. Not to not to put the cart before the horse here, but that's kind of where I was going to end up on this story at the end of it. What is the story here? We got uh, some news on Horizons Forbidden West's uh, Forbidden West's the sequel. The, the news is that if you were looking forward to playing Horizon Forbidden West in 2021, well then potentially tough shit. <laughs> is yeah, go official, fuck yourself. That's the official word coming out of Sony, and that's it. Just the, oh, that's yeah. right. I had one of those like <laughs> tweets with a, a graphic, and it just it's uh, all it says. Herman just Holst. Jim Ryan giving you the middle finger. <laughs> yeah, Herman Herman Holst fired up a Twitter fucking. I, I'm totally blowing this because I can't remember the name of the fake clubhouse on Twitter. Twitter. Oh. Uh, spaces? Uh, sh- Twitter Spaces? Sure. That's, sure. that's it, right? It's Discord stage, Twitter Space. Oh, my gosh. The Twitter Space. Among among all of the fake clubhouses out there. <laughs> I, I've already lost the thread on this. Herman Holst fired <laughs> up Twitter Space. He was like, hey, Horizon fans, get fucked. It, it was really <laughs> rough. It was really rough. Good response, though. Really, really. Shock it. Really, you know, it was very, very understand- direct messaging, though, to be fair. Understandingly, <laughs> uh, under the, the fans just understanding, be like, yeah, okay, I guess I guess we okay, should. No, I, no, I guess, uh, oh, wow. No, no. Nobody's ever no, said that. No, no, no. Yes. Uh, it's being reported in multiple corners. Uh, noted internet video game reporters, Jason Schreier and Jeff Grubb. Oh, man. The, the, both. Yeah. News hats colliding. colliding. That's right. Yes. Well. We in the business call this independent verification. Oh, great. I mm. love it. They have they have both reported independently that it is a done deal that Horizon Forbidden West is being delayed to 2022. Okay. It has not been announced yet. Uh want to say Schreier, who's, or maybe it was Grubb. One of them said, it sounds like the delay may not be announced until September. Okay. Well, that would be when the quarter is up, right? Yes, that would make sense, right? From an earnings standpoint, potentially. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm no financial expert, but um, that, as far as I can tell, would be the last remaining Sony first-party PS5 game on the books for the year, meaning that's it for Sony games on the PS5 this year, mm-hmm. if that delay does, in fact, come to pass. Okay. Hey, get a lot of games got delayed and continue yeah, to. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and like, there have been, like, Holst has been, like, surprisingly open in the last few weeks mm-hmm. about that exact thing of, like, like, hey, we're still in a compromised position with regard to development and access to resources and performance capture and all that stuff. Also, the health and well-being of our teams comes first. Like, 
he's kind of all but said a delay was in, in was was possible mm, before yeah. this. So this is not super surprising. Um, but you know, Gran Turismo got delayed out of this year. Like God of War never had a date to begin with. I don't think. Like it's kind and of. I don't think game. anyone was assuming that was this year. No, 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 no. Yeah. no. I don't think so. But so this, this, this would potentially be it for PS5 games from Sony this year if this slips. So yeah, I mean, look, they'll make it up with third-party stuff. Certainly, there are big third-party games that will be coming to PS5 this year, and they found a way to resell people Ghost of Tsushima even yes. just a year later. So. Actually, you're right. I forgot to mention if you if you count the director's cuts of Ghost of Tsushima and. Death Stranding. Oh, oh right, right. The Sony right. computers, the Sony Interactive Entertainment release, Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Then they do, they do have those coming out for PS5, uh, and I do, I want to play that Tsushima expansion. Yes, I do not, too. Not, not so sure about the Death Stranding expansion. No, I, I had a hard enough time with that game before we actually ended up in a situation where we were all trapped in our homes and we're receiving packages from, you know, various people trying to reunite the world. So I don't know uh-huh. if I actually want to play that game right now while we're still kind of in the thick of that. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's not a very good game. Maybe mm. they made it better. I don't know. But it's not that good of a game. You know, I mean, they are adding a bunch of the dumb open world porting stuff yeah. to it. And that was the part of that game I liked. I'll, like, I'll be curious to see if I could jump into my game save and have fun in that game without having to go through a lot of it. You know, like I want to jump into a portion of my late game and play with that. stuff. Right. Like, like more of a pure sandbox mode in that game. I would actually be kind of into, you know, like if I didn't have Mm -hmm. to, if I didn't have to like eyeball, which chapter was the best chapter to spend all my time (laughs) building roads and delivering stuff, you know, it's like, Oh, am I going to get more gear next chapter? Right. Is this the chapter where they're going to close me off from 90% of the stuff I built? Like, like just a straight up a straight up mechanical version of that game would be fun to turn anyway. off the acid rain. Anyway, uh, yeah, not I am not the least bit surprised at this Horizon delay. So still not official, but but uh, yeah. it seems he- like heavily, it's pretty, pretty much headed that way. Confidence is strong. Okay, uh, like I'm totally down to play another one of those games. I'm not sure how I feel about there being a sequel to it because I'm like Finny. Yeah, I think that first game wrapped up incredibly well. It's got a pretty strong ending. Except, well. The ending ending is great. The post credits like, oh. oh, you killed the bad guy, but maybe you didn't really kill the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe the guy who you thought was your friend is teaming up with the bad guy that you thought you killed. Like, yes, that was the most video game ass like hedging on a sequel thing I've ever seen. The uh, the the Metal Gear White House phone call style thing, right? Is, uh, right, is not not the greatest. But the but the the, the conclusion to like Aloy's whole story and mm-hmm. search for identity and and the events of the past and all that stuff, I thought was fantastic and Pay, good payoff. Yeah, and the bigger thing about the sequel is like so much of that game was held up by that interplay between the past and the present. Mm-hmm. That now that all you know, maybe there'll be more of that. Maybe they will find a new angle on. Although it, it might feel a little contrived if you're going through a whole new sequence of like holographic recordings of the, you know, the pre-collapse world. You do get again. a lot kind of fleshed out in that first game. Yes, yes. So. I don't know. I don't know what they would do. That would be a little hackneyed at this point. But like, yeah. The the point is the 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 current day. Like tribal warfare stuff and Horizon on its own, I don't think was enough to support that game for me. Yeah. Like I didn't find that stuff to be particularly interesting. Yes, it was. It was peeling back all the layers of that mystery about what happened in the past and why there are robot dinosaurs everywhere. Right. That really kept that game going for me. So I, I, I will totally give them a chance, or I'll, I'll give the game a chance and, and see where they've gone with it. But 
Yeah, I'm with you. The, In my mind, I, I don't know how you follow that up because that was so satisfying. The, the, the archaeology aspects of Horizon were some of my favorite parts of like uncovering yes. those hidden chambers. And, and Yes. The real problem, though, is that if you ever find yourself in that position with a game that you're like, this is great. This is a wonderful self-contained experience. I hope they don't make more of this. You have to actually hope it is a financial failure because there is no way <laughs> yeah, any AAA wrong. thing like this will ever be left alone after you're one right. game if it makes any money at all. You're right. But there are, um, not, not to go off on too big a tangent, there, yeah, you know, I was going to say there are other ways to do it, but I bet when it, I bet when you're part of a big studio who's part of a big publisher, they have a whiteboard that says what needs to be in this game. Aloy, yeah. you know, the hunting dinosaurs. Because you could do side story stuff. There's prequel stuff. Like, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind stuff that is set in the universe at the collapse, right? That is during, during the collapse. And, and you know, it's the same thing I said with Mass Effect, right? Like, give me some stuff that's just on the Citadel running around. But I'm sure at some point, you know, you're like, got to have Shepard, got to have the Reapers, got you know. So if you're gonna make, if you're gonna put that kind of investment in, so we'll see. Just give me, just give me the that. opportunity to kick the shit out of Ted Farrow for six hours straight, and I might be happy. Actually, like I don't know that I can't remember a more loathsome villain. Is that who the villain? Yeah. I couldn't remember the name. Is that the he's the he's the he's the fucking Elon Musk stand-in okay. like techno techno yeah. trillionaire. Yeah. Don't spoil it for folks, but it's good. It's got some good stuff going on there. Sorry, I sorry, I figured that game had been out long enough. This no, 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 it's definitely it's, past the statute of limitations. It, it is definitely past, but man, that that like last wrap up when you're kind of free, when it's all coming together is some real like what some good stuff, some yeah. good stuff, some good holographic good. work on. It's very good. It's very good. Um. What uh? What else, Brad? Or oh no, wait! Now it's this part. The uh, speaking of PS fives, the saga of the PlayStation Five. Well, sing us a tune. Yes, the song, the song <laughs> of the PlayStation Five has reached the stanza about the beta firmware and the SSD. Well, if you're if we're, you're gonna need room for all these games come 2022, well, so mm-hmm. let me tell you, let me tell you the timeless parable of the beta firmware and the SSD. <laughs> um, there is a beta firmware out. I believe it's out. They're definitely taking signups. I think it's rolled out now. You know, they've been doing this for like since most of the PS4's lifespan. You know, like every firmware, they put out a beta version. You can sign up and opt in early if you want. This is the one that adds the support for the internal SSD upgrade. The one if people remember, and maybe we'll get into this in just a second, the one where you peel the the skin off your, your PS5 and behind that beautifully curved plastic shell is a little slot empty currently empty slot just waiting yeah. just now let waiting. me be clear you slide that thing off you do not pull it off if you pull it off you are doing something wrong you're gonna void your warranty you're gonna yeah you're, you're a little clamshell but underneath there there, are, there is a slot that is just waiting there are you can get replacement panels on aliexpress for like 15 bucks at this point 15 bucks all right oh yeah you memory. can get them in black you can get them in red you oh, can get them man. in blue oh, you want a blue ps5 you want a red ps5 oh, can i get one that looks like a minion yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you could. I'll spray paint you what it looks like a minion. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, there we go. Airbrush that shit. Uh, so, what does this beta have to do with that? Um, with that SSD? Well, it lets you it lets you put it in. So they've put up a support page with all of the specifications and requirements for putting an SSD into your PS5. And I mean, for people who don't know, this is like putting a new hard drive in your PS4. It's that same process, you know. Except that was relatively straightforward. Yeah, and, and also, any, but they also didn't tell you that you right. should go do that. That was oh. unofficial the whole time, right? Yeah. No, no, no. That's supported. It was okay. It was yeah, supported, absolutely. but they weren't very emphatic about it, if uh, I remember correctly. Well, they, you know, they it's it is a supported feature. It is okay. I didn't realize that. Absolutely, okay. yeah. 
No, I mean, they make it user accessible. Like there is an upgrade path to, you know, install the OS onto the new hard drive. I mean, it's, you know, like not since the 360 hard drive upgrades have storage expansions been like some high margin, like profit driver, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not making money off of this hardware. They're making money off of giving people the ability to store more games that they buy. Well, right? then this should be easy. I'll just go on Amazon and get an M2 drive and drop it in. Here. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know if I want to harp on it too much. I don't know if I'm no, too harp hard away, on it. No, harp away, dude. Start plucking like, those strings. The support, the support page they put up for, like, the specifications and requirements for putting an M.2 drive in your PS5, specifically an NVMe one, specifically one with a, read, a sequential read speed of 5,500 megabytes per second or faster, mm-hmm. specifically one which is 22 millimeters in width but not 25. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Specifically one that ideally has a heatsink on it, but if it doesn't, you can add your own. Which, like, but also like, don't add I'm, your own if there already is one. Yes. What I'm get, what I'm getting at, yeah, because it probably won't fit. Like, what I'm getting at is that like any off the shelf two and a half inch drive hard drive would fit in a PS4 and work. This is a little bit more specific than that, and it's getting into a level of minutia that I'm guessing a lot of people who only play games on consoles do not want to deal with, or maybe are not equipped to deal with, or just don't care about. Like the potential for people buying a drive that will not work in this thing or work poorly seems pretty high given how, how fiddly this is. As like, we should say though, this is beta and this is kind of them testing it out, right? For people who well, this is them testing. The yeah. But these, but this is not going to change. A lot of this is physical specifications and like read speed requirements that are not like gonna it would change. take an actual hardware revision for some of this well, stuff right, to change. Right. Like these are, these are minimum thresholds for games to work. Right. I mean, there's <clears> like, I feel like it's, it's really everything. <laughs> Everything is summed up by this note at the bottom of the support page. Sony cannot guarantee that all M.2 SSD devices meeting the described specifications will work with your console and assumes no responsibility for the selection, performance, or use of third-party products. Like, it's... Oh, actually, there's another bullet point. Not all games are necessarily playable with the exact same performance provided by the PS5 console's internal ultra-high-speed SSD, even where... The M.2 SSD's drives read speed is faster than blah, 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 like the, the threshold they gave. Like they're saying, like, even if you buy a drive that matches all of the, the details on the support page, it may still not work as well as the internal storage. It's just kind of messy. Yeah, it's, it sounds it's, like it. it's messy. But I, I would if it's not there already, I would assume there will be either strategic partnerships or, or third parties that are just going to sell PS five ready compatible. Yeah. I, I, I would be shocked if Seagate and Western digital aren't out there with branded drives saying ready for PS five, yeah. like with your heat sink. Also the, I learned from this thing, aside from the kind of M two is already kind of a, a, a weird format because you, you wind up in PCIe or you wind up in uh Sata land. So you have Sat- to be a little uh, yeah. care- careful there. Um, so it's a little already like, Hey, check your motherboard. See what you see, what you, you see what kind of notch you need in your M2 drive, uh, before you get out there. But what I learned was the pictures they show of installing this heatsink look rad. It's like a little, little enclosure you put over your, your M2 drive, which makes me just want to go get an M2 drive and a heatsink and do this. It's like, I, I was thinking when we had talked about this, uh, earlier today, uh, before the podcast, it was like, oh man, is this like some thermal compound, like some double-sided tape style stuff of like, you know, putting a heatsink on? And the pictures they show are like aluminum cases with strips of thermal medium that uh, uh, go between it. And then you kind of screw the thermal case onto it, which is like, rad, I'm totally into this. Give me this aluminum it looks like, case. 
this diagram on the support page looks like military hardware. Yes, yes, I love it. I, <laughs> this this is a thing that has the instructions for the T2 on it that need, you need to get the John Connor. What they have built right. here mm-hmm. is some mil, military spec thumb drive that survived time travel. Yeah, I don't know. I'm torn over this because, like, I've always appreciated Sony's kind of anything goes approach to hardware add-ons. Like, they just don't give a shit, you know? Like, they, you know, you've been able to plug, like, I think third-party webcams into their consoles, keyboard and mice, like other Bluetooth headsets. Like, you know, this is the company that let you install Linux on past PlayStation yeah. models until they realized that was not really in their interest at <laughs> all. But, like, I feel like this might be a bridge too far. Oh, I'll tell you right now, everything about this whole process, and I put in a hard drive into my PS4. Like, I I've, I've, was willing to go that far and do the process with the, with the last system. Everything about this entire process screams, go the fuck away to me. Like, do not do this. Like, it looks like it could be quite intimidating to people who don't aren't familiar with these kinds of specs and, and know what they're looking for. And the potential, like you said, exists for people to just buy an incompatible drive and not understand why it doesn't work. You know, like, it's just, it's yeah. just, even if... Seagate is out there with like, here's our PS5 drive. Like, there's always the potential for somebody to just not see that, yeah, and buy or buy something else. People to be and go ba- through a lot of hassle, bad faith, like um, people taking advantage of other people and not and and selling drives that are marked right. PS5 compatible for cheaper, which are not. Yes, yes. Um, like, oh, I bought the one on Amazon that said it would work. Yeah, and, like, or eBay, totally or, or uh, you know, right. You know, like it. Like, I guess you know, really, what it does is highlight that the the. Xbox, the Series X, the Series, the Xbox Series strategy mm-hmm. of a branded, self-contained, very easy to install. Like, there's one thing and expensive, one thing only. That's the well. That's, well, that's what sucks that's about thing. it. Is the only thing that sucks about it is that it's too much money. Well, let me direct you to the prices on the compatible drives that they have been highlighting for this because oh, they no. are more. Are they? Uh, they're really? more. Dude, they're more. Are they more per yes. like gig or more? In yes, general? pound pound for pound, terabyte for terabyte. Oh, they are. No. They are comparable to more depending on the drive, depending on the drive, because there are different manufacturers that technically will work here. Okay. But like the one, this was another weird element of this whole thing. Mark Cerny got out there tweeting about the drive that he and his wife bought. Okay. He was like his and hers, Western digital black SN eight fifty something, something like he was this weird. <laughs> Hashtag to it. Right. Like he didn't even link to a store. He didn't link to an Amazon page or anything. He just posted a photo of the model that he bought. Uh huh. He was like, he was like 7,000 megabytes a second. This is going to be sweet. Is it on the and, list? Um, I don't know that. I don't think Sony has published like a f- official, like here's the list of recommended drives yet. Okay, it was, just he was, he was, this was, this was just Cerny's SSD corner. <laughs> uh, but of course, sure enough, that drive is impossible to get now. It's like sold out everywhere. But, oh, um, it, before it sold out, the one terabyte version of that drive with heatsink was two thirty. One terabyte, okay. Which is more expensive than that Xbox add-on. Yeah, How much is. was the Xbox one? Two. It was two two nineteen at launch. I want to say. Yeah, it was two nineteen, and it's two. It's another terabyte, right? Yes, it is also, yeah. also a terabyte. But I mean, that's the point I'm trying to make is when people saw a branded, yeah, like an Xbox specific storage add-on, there was a kind of conspiracy started up of like, oh, they're just trying to gouge the price by making their own. But here we are with off-the-shelf recommended components for the PS5 are actually more. Huh. Right. So this kind of storage is just expensive. Well, M- M2 has definitely come down. I mean, uh, I mean, it's not all that expensive, right? That's pretty, I mean, the, the two-terabyte version of this drive is 450 Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Because you can get Here's- NVMe drives for, like, 
a hundred bucks a terabyte, right? Like not maybe. Well, yes, that but those spec. those are too. Those are way too slow. Those too are PCIe three. Okay. Those are. Yeah. See, this is this is where the potential for problems exists. Yeah. Is that, I, yes, there are way cheaper drives, but they are they are the previous generation of the bus and will not work. That's. A I have a lot of questions about the design of the PlayStation five. And I imagine most of them will never be answered because it's just Sony. They do things the way they do, you know, that you can all be chalked up to, you know, Cerny brain. And this is the way that he wanted things to be. But like, if you, this system hasn't even been out a year and they're already talking up like, okay, here's how your solution for adding more hard drive space and all this stuff. This is not a process. It's like you said, this has extreme go away energy, like radiating off of it. (laughs) And I'm like, you designed this thing. Why did you not create a system where someone could plug and play one of these things in a fairly easy way and just like earmark, okay, this is the specific kind of drives we were going to support. It's all there. Just go. Like, why would you not think of that when you are getting ready to launch this fucking system? It hasn't even been a year. Yeah, I, you know. They're pretty set in their ways. It's one thing if it's like two or three years into a system's lifespan and you're like, okay, well, people have figured out that you can do this. So like, we're going to give some support to this and also our next hardware revision. Maybe we'll do something to make this a little more accessible, but like, no, Mm. like why? That's just, that's just always been their philosophy. You know, like they've all all, user upgradable has always just meant user upgradable to them. It's not, it's not, we're going to sell you a thing to augment this thing. It's like, Hey, you want to upgrade this? Go figure it out. It's cool. Whatever. We don't care. Like as expensive as that Xbox drive was, when I plugged that thing in and within two seconds, it just went from, you know, less than a terabyte to 1.98 terabytes. I literally cackled because I was like, this is too easy. Yes, I mean, no one thing makes is, it like this. I mean, that thing is quite literally like hot pluggable, like yeah. plug and play. Like you can put it in while the system is on and it just pops up a notification saying yeah. external storage ready. Like Microsoft, is, the makers of Windows. Right. Came up with this. It's like some weird role reversal where Microsoft is the one offering the very user-friendly solution. I just... Uh, Cats and dogs living together, man. The the Xbox philosophy has always been a lot of guardrails, a lot Mm -hmm. of like custom products to make things as relatively straightforward as possible, uh, which is the opposite of how Sony does it. But this... Again, like the hard drive upgrade, like Alex said, like he did it. Like, Like people who don't live in PC upgrade land all day long... Didn't have a whole lot of problem upgrading their PS4 hard drives, but this yeah. feels like there are there is potential for issues to pop up. Well, and I, I mean, just, again, part of that is just sort of the fact that like hard drive technology split in some directions from the last time that we did this. Like there is a lot more different kinds of hard drives that people are are accessing and using, and this one needs something highly specific that you know wouldn't necessarily have been the case last gen. But still. Yeah, and this- this could have been the moment where they pulled back for a second and they were like, you know, maybe we should find a way yeah. to provide a, a, a very seamless solution for people if they want it. Put the port on the outside, please. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, a, that's a way to go. Even the PS4 did that. Like, yeah. The PS4 didn't make you disassemble the whole that, system. That's probably the weirdest thing for me is like they, it, they yeah. that weird internal port. And again, but, M- but M- if we put the port there, then we can't use the cool stand. <laughs> like it's just, you know, we, we designed it for the stand. Just put you it know, on the, the back somewhere. I don't know. Figure it out. You're great designers over there. M2 also, M2's wacky. I got burned by M2 when I had to upgrade it uh, just because, you know, you got to figure out, again, if it's using a SATA one or if it's PCIe, and then you got to make sure you're not conflicting with any of the buses you're already using if it's a SATA one or, you know, any buses on the PCIe's bus. And there's also different lengths. There's different key yeah, types. It, like it's, it's not great the out there. Um, 
So I just looked up uh, the Samsung 980 Pro 2 terabyte Gen 4 internal gaming SSD to go see if people are already talking about it in the frequently asked questions on Amazon to see like, you know, will it work on a PS5? Of course, the second or third question down, will this work on the PS5? And of course, the response in the 22 responses is a fight over the power of the PS5 mm-hmm. and people fighting. Um, cool. As of right now, the simple answer is giant capital N-O to the person who lied by saying the PS5 can't do 120 frames per second and or ray tracing. It's going to complete an utter liar. But <laughs> this is... The system wars never ended, my friend. <clears throat> Most games have been released from the PS5 are capable of ray tracing. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, et cetera, et cetera. This is, it uh, just goes on. Oh, it's so it's like seven just, paragraphs long. The beat like goes on and it fucking sucks. You guys like the internet? Uh, no, actually, I, okay. now that you mention yeah. it. People mm. do say that it does work, but I don't, it's hard to not just want to read all these fights about um, uh, people uh, fighting over the PS5. No, you know what? No, I, 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 it is very easy for me to not read that stuff because I had to moderate our System Wars forum back in the day, <laughs> and I got more than my fill out of that. You're How good. You Your really? cup is full? You don't, you don't want a little more? I want to top you off here? You want, uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Are you a cow or a sheep? I. Oh. I don't know. Whatever it is, just slaughter me before I have to make any kind of designation. Oh boy! All right. Um. So yeah, that's uh. I this stuff. I I feel like this. It will go. It'll move forward. There'll be branded things that just officially say compatible with PlayStation Five. It'll get easier. Uh, to just buy one. There'll probably be a list floating around in Reddit online places that you'll just want to go to look up. And the product will say compatible with PlayStation Five in the future. Yeah, is my guess as things move forward here. Yeah, um, and, and they'll get cheaper over the years, and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. I, I like, I'm not feeling super eager. I am fully comfortable selecting and installing one of those things. Yeah. And I just kind of don't care that much. I've gotten, I've gotten pretty used to just deleting games I'm not playing off the PS Five. Like, I, it's not, it doesn't bother me the way it did at launch when I have to download, delete a couple games to get. I still think it blows, but yeah, I mean, it's like, not, it's I'm not fine great. With it. It's not great, but it has made me realize like I don't need every game I own installed on this thing because I'm not playing most of them. I, I think if I didn't have playing like two, three games a time at a time at most. Yeah. I, if I if I didn't have very good internet, I think it would bother me more. Like if I, yes, I agree, but they but they also have at you know you can move those games right. to an external hard drive now, so that you you can back those up without deleting them. Yeah, I, I I am okay mostly because most game downloads for me wind up being an hour at most if I have to mm-hmm. re-download something big, and that's very feel very lucky to be able to do that i think it would bother me more because games also got very big so you know mm-hmm. i always dread when somebody's like last minute you want to play some call of duty and it's like sorry man i'm just not <laughs> i'm not i do but i'm not i'm not going in on that uh right now um uh, i still have my uh ssd hooked up brad do you you never did right your hook up a usb 3 drive to your ps5 no i don't have anything okay. connected Yeah. 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 All right. Consoles. PS5. Get more storage. And the anything else in the beta that's neat? Oh. Yeah. They are now listing trophy descriptions vertically. Okay. Which which is actually a more exciting feature to me than the SSD upgrade. Oh. They're getting rid of that they're getting rid of that god awful horizontal scrolling card. Oh, layout oh okay. Oh, trophies. Okay. Yeah. Where you you can read about the first like twenty characters of the description. Yes. You have to button into everything to read it. Yeah. 
because they're in these little card shapes that you scroll left and right. Yeah. They're going back to the PS4 style of okay. probably not just trophies, probably some other stuff as well that is presented in that card format. I assume they're just tossing it all out. That was a very poor design choice, and I was excited to see I, they are reversing course. I really appreciate it, um, how Microsoft just does it with their pop-up name of the achievement and then pop-up what you the description, what you did. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. Anything else from the beta or is that the, the big, I, big I, I didn't actually dig into it that much. Okay. It's mostly, you know, most usually the firmware upgrades are not that interesting. Those two things just stood out. Uh, next up we have, we're going to talk a little bit about Annapurna's showcase. They did, um, recently where they showed off a bunch of new games, uh, and some, some games that just have new, uh, dates on them or releases. Outer Wilds DLC. So Outer Wilds DLC, uh, which even in their little brief teaser, they were kind of like, you know, very, uh, I think they went about it the right way being like, what, why? <laughs> and then kind of just held there for a little while. And then was like, hope you enjoy it. Uh, so that is, um, that is echoes of the eye, which is coming out soon, September 28th. Yeah. Um, the trailer, the teaser for it makes it look foreboding. It's like, kind of it's a little like, Ooh, this is kind of like spooky. S- sinister looking stuff in there yeah mm-hmm. I, I can't wait definitely to new areas there. definitely new areas like there's a lot of new scenery in that trailer even as like a minute long trailer but it looked like looked like they've built a lot of new game yeah and there's a big um you know in the in the teaser it's all set against this backdrop of this the, the sun being eclipsed by something a shadow falling over the the sun yeah. the entire time so uh, I, I don't I don't know what it all means. I'm super curious to see how they expand that game. Like, how do you that the game is already so unconventional? Yeah, everything about that game is so unusual. The way it's laid out, like how you add more to it, I really don't know what that looks like. What What I really want from anything going back into that universe is a new. I need a new hook and a new sense of discovery. So if you're going to go back in there, give me something clever again that is fun and, and new to discover. I, I don't kind of want to be retreading the same hooks again. So something new and um, uh, I, I know it's DLC, so it's not going to be completely different, but something slightly different would be great. I really, I, it really makes me wonder if it's a new choice from the main menu. Like do you start an Echoes of the Eye game instead of a regular game? or is Or is this just stuff that integrates into like the giant clockwork solar system and you... You know, you go fly off and do the new stuff rather than all the old stuff, which is also still taking place right next to it. You know, like yeah. I, wonder, I wonder how compartmentalized this is. I'm really fascinated to see how they do this. I think I would be, yeah, I don't know. Unless it's vastly different than the original game, I would be surprised if it weren't in the original start because you don't really take much with you, you know, when you start, yeah. uh, even when you continue. You take your knowledge, take your brain. Um, so they, they had a bunch of quick stuff, uh, some stuff going to other platforms, uh, Gorgo, which is a great game coming to game pass pathless coming to steam November 16th. Edith Finch is going to be on the, uh, app store, which I, I thought Ooh. it was already, but that's also in August and I am dead coming to PS4, uh, or PS4, PS5, Xbox one, Xbox series X and S on August 9th. But the new stuff they had or stuff I hadn't seen before, this game called mm-hmm. storyteller which uh, has a demo on Steam, apparently. It looks like a, um, uh, a a narrative, a game where you're building panels of narrative. as you. So they give you kind of the assets, and they're basically like, this is a tragedy, and you have to kind of plug in the characters and the story beats to make the story be a, a, a tragedy. Like, each thing you put in there will have an assigned thing. If you put a tombstone in there, you can then put somebody's face on there to be like, oh, this is this character's grave. So you're kind of building this kind of charming little, well, not charming, but it seems 
the setup seems charming in this kind of narrative. It's almost like Mad Libs. It's like, all right, here's two nouns, an adverb, and yeah. three verbs. Mm-hmm. Like, put this together. Seems like it can be cute. I'm actually thinking about trying the demo. I didn't have time to do it yet. Uh, I don't know if you guys had seen this. Some of the stuff I'm not sure was if it were it was announced before or not. But the Artful Escape. Did you see what this one was? It's like I had not uh, seen that one before. I it's don't like think. you're this kind of a kid guitar player prodigy who then goes on this weird ass looking yes. psychedelic. Almost like a Brody Quest. It's like Brody Quest the game. Uh, okay. It's, it's speaking my language. Really I weird. Got an, I got announced somewhere last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think I've seen. Yes. Yes. It's the side scrolling. It's this weird psycho- psychedelic side scrolling game where the kid is playing a guitar the whole time. Yeah. He's running. Yes. Uh, That's September 9th. That's Xbox. Uh, I, man, the whole Xbox family. And it's Just call so it Xbox. Much. Just say Xbox. The Xbox family. Steam yeah. and also, but also coming to Game Pass. Um, oh wow! I had not seen the cast for the Artful Escape. Yeah, Annapurna is doing it. I mean, like obviously Annapurna Pictures is like that. That was the genesis of Annapurna. Like that was the mm-hmm. first before there was a games label. There was a movie. But also, it feels like the games division is doing a lot more than the movie division <laughs> is these days. But the the cast in the Artful Escape: Lena Headey, Jason Schwartzman, Mark Strong, and Carl Weathers. Okay, all right. Like it's like I know all of those names. Yeah. Like, that's wild. Like right after, because they're also doing. T- Wait, they are doing twelve minutes, right? Annapurna. Did I? I think you're right about that. I they're think you're pub- They're publishing it. Yeah, but it, it just it just was not at this showcase. They didn't show it. I guess I guess it's coming. It's coming out so soon, right? Yeah, I don't know. Some it's of these games it. are coming out also very soon. Uh, yes, they are also in twelve minutes. Like twelve minutes also has like you know Daisy Ridley and James McAvoy, Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe, one Willem Dafoe. Perhaps finally returning to video games after Beyond Two Souls. <laughs> like I, I don't want to. Whatever. I don't want to sound all like Hollywood starstruck or whatever. But like those are names, you know. Like those are like impressive gets for indie games of this scope. And they're not just names, though. They're like they're actually good actors. Like they're oh, yeah, not yeah, yeah. just not, people who are names. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they're like empty celebrities or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they, they got cast for a reason. But it's just like you know, indie games. You don't usually see like big Hollywood talent in indie games that often like this. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and a lot of their games are such heavy narrative games. It, um, and again, there are non Hollywood. Uh, uh, actresses and actors that can pull it off obviously but you know I, I can see why they want good making sure their deliveries are very good uh and you know some of the some of these games hinge on that delivery uh other stuff that was there uh neon white was shown again that's that kind of um a run it's not a runner but it's like a, it's a first person card deck building i guess it is kind of a runner you're either going through using the card for its mobility ability or you're using it for its action ability like it's gun ability mm-hmm. which was a, is a cool concept and you're trying to make it through uh these levels as quickly as possible uh which seems neat from the from the maker of donut county very yeah. different game yes uh, very obvious next game after donut county uh solar ash they showed a little bit more of that's heart machines new game those are the hyperlight drifter people uh yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's october and yeah. october uh, uh i'm really looking forward to a couple on here uh skin deep the new blendo games game that looks yes. that looks great yeah Bl- blendo you, that's you, the 30 flights of loving and quadrilateral quadrilateral cowboy people yes have you have you have y'all played blendo game i've never played a blendo game but i've always been interested in them and i don't know why i don't play them. i played all of 30 flights which is not very long it's a very short experience um and i played a lot of quad cowboy which i think i would have played more but it is 
it is a programmer's programming game. <laughs> so I think that was a little mm. less my thing, but I always I like the vibes in that game a lot. I should go check that out before this comes out. I think you this would looks, dig it. Yeah. Skin, also, if, skin deep <laughs> seems very silly. Yeah. I've always appreciated I don't know if I don't know if this game is the same. It may very well be. It sure looks like it, but all of his games have been built on the free and open source Quake engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I guess he's just publishing all of his source code for these games because he has to under the terms of the license. I think that's amazing. That's yeah, somebody's out there amazing. making like kind of acclaimed games with this open sourced old game engine. So the um, the setup in this one, according to the trailer I saw, was uh, uh, your your ship is under attack. It's it's either it's either manned by cats or is carrying cats as cargo, but it's under attack by pirates. And you are the uh, security system. You are a person who is then thought out as a, a mercenary who is there to protect the ship as the insurance policy for the cats. Yeah. yeah, it almost it almost has like an immersive sim kind of vibe to it of, you know, like, oh, there's a bunch of different ways to solve oh, these problems. There are sure. different different forces at work here and you can do the stealth thing or you can do this mechanical sure. engineering kind of solution. Space mercenary simulator. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently there's a stink mechanic. I yes, there's stink. I was going to say, yes, there's like a stink debuff. I need to I need to correct myself. Quadrilateral Cowboy was built on the Doom 3 engine, not the Quake 3 engine. Gotcha. I can see how you might uh, you can make that mistake. Uh, speaking of cats. Stray, this one, this one looked <coughs> great. They this is a great showing of this game. They had showed some of it before, but this this was the one that I walked away with being like, yeah, yeah. I need, I want to get in on this. Yeah, I think this is a video game for, made for me. So <laughs> you you are a cat in a cyberpunk universe, and that that I don't think I need to say much more than that. You play as a damn cat. Uh, it's got good cat mechanics, cat yep. mechanics. Um, it looks like they showed off kind of exploration early on in the trailer. And then you get a strap of thing to your back where you get this buddy drone. And then they show the cat using some weapons later on, not like swinging a sword, but kind of just mm-hmm. like, uh, and it's the world seems interesting. It seems like a post human world inhabited by, uh, robots and maybe uh, hopefully in, you know, hopefully there's a strong narrative there as you're figuring out as a cat, what is going yeah. on, uh, uh, around here. So That's yeah, out next year. Stray. Yeah, early next year. That that got revealed, I think, during I want to say one of the PS5 reveal streams last I think you're year. Right. And it was all like kind of cinematics at the time. It was all more just kind of tone piece. Like here's what the world of this is, and that's when it was really eye catching because yeah. it was this cat wandering around a world full of weird robots, like robots with screens for faces yes. that have like mm-hmm. smiley and frowny faces on them and stuff. And it's like, what is going on here? I was kind of surprised when I saw this gameplay though. Like, I don't think I was expecting a very kind of straightforward third person puzzle platformer starring a cat like I, I for some reason that first trailer made me think the game would be a little more unconventional but it seems very like yeah you are a cat jumping on and over things and solving puzzles as a cat but that's the thing the you're a cat the cats are built for that so um cat's gonna yeah. cat form it's a cat former it's, yeah uh, it's uh it's right there mm. uh and also just you know they they did announce a couple of other things like not necessarily new products but like partnerships that they have mm-hmm. um and so like among those that well at least the ones i'm excited for uh jessica mack the maker of everyday shooter and sound shapes is making her next game with them those are good games i yeah. love sound shapes like everyday shooter was good but sound shapes is like a legit favorite didn't didn't sound shapes get shut down or some part of it didn't they shut off the servers i think <sighs> you might be right it's been a long time since i played it but uh i think something did change there um and the other one is a new studio uh from uh some fairly heavy hitters here uh davy redden of of stanley parable fame 
Uh, Carla Zamonja, who was one of the co-founders at Fulbright, uh, worked on Gone Home in Tacoma. And then Daniel Rosenfeld, a.k.a. C418, the Minecraft composer. They have a new studio called Ivy Road. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think Daniel. I don't know if Daniel is part of the founding. They're working with Daniel for sure. On yeah, this he's he's project. making yeah. music for whatever their next thing is. Yeah, that's that's a pretty that's that's, that's a really like interesting a, combo. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's those are some names from indie development for sure. Like, <laughs> if you told me you were going to mix Gone Home and Stanley Parable, like I don't know what that that that's that is definitely definitely like the. Uh, uh, you know, goofy mom and serious dad get together, and what is that kid like? Like that is, I, I'm not sure what that game is, but I am interested. Like, yeah. if you like, I'm tr- curious to see what that is. I'm sure there will be a story somewhere in there. Probably. Uh, there's um, there's one last game here that they they showed um that I wanted to mention, which was just Memoir Blue, which just seems like a a game that will tear people up. <laughs> it seems it is a uh, uh a narrative a heavy narrative game where you're kind of reliving these kind of fantastical experiences and memories. And it just looks beautiful. It looks, looks beautiful. Also looks like it, you bring, bring yourself uh, in when you're in a good emotional state, because it looks like one of those games that will. Haven't been in one in years. So I guess I'll just have to jump <laughs> right. in anyway. Kind of rip you up and uh, probably leave you in a better place by the end. But uh, you know, well, yeah, prepare, prepare for that journey. It's got, it's uh, got a neat, like surreal quality to it. Like this, the scene of like being on a subway car at the bottom of the ocean with fish swimming around you and stuff. Yeah. And it mixes in some hand drawn animation stuff. And I think it's a tale, um, about a mom and a daughter, a daughter. So daughter, if you're from Jersey. Uh, so yeah, looking, looking forward to at least checking that out (laughs) and probably having some real strong feelings, uh, during it. Uh, yeah. And that was their showcase. They, they're getting up there with some of my favorite, studios in, in terms of uh develop publishers and they they have a track record now when they announce a thing i now perk up to be yes. like okay uh, yes they have a hell of a track record. really they came up in a time like very, when very good when curation they came up in a time when there i feel like there were a number of different little boutique labels cropping up and yeah. it was pretty easy to assume that like okay yes they seem to be making some good stuff but like all these other labels they will never really fall apart when someone stops feeling like funding them anymore but that super hasn't happened. And in fact, if anything, their catalogs have just been getting more expansive and more interesting. Yeah. I mean, they've got, they've, they've done a pretty good job of cultivating a house style the same way that Devolver has, I think, where yeah. like, like you kind of recognize a Devolver game and now you kind of recognize an Annapurna game, right? Yeah. I'm looking at their list. I'm looking at their list of games just to kind of refresh. Why is Flower on their list of games? They might have picked uh, up publishing rights at some point, or they've no. done a re-release of it somewhere. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, some really, really good stuff. Yeah, they must have. They must have helped put it on other places. Yeah. Uh, PC maybe. Yeah. Or mobile or something. Oh, yeah. outer, outer, outer loop games makers of Falcon Age also announced they're doing a new game with Annapurna. Yes. Uh, no, nothing. Nothing about the game though. No, they had these little interstitials. Um, no Code, the makers of Observation, which is a game I really like as well, which is that space um, thriller game. It's very good if you haven't played it. Or, or go go look it up. Observation uh, also announced that they are in a partnership to make a game. They kind of did these little interstitials throughout. They do a game, and then they do a partnership, and then a game and a partnership. But they didn't show any games from the partnership. Uh, yeah, good good uh, little, not a press conference, but good little showcase. Yeah, yeah sure. That's for that stuff. It made, made me pretty excited for what's coming out next. 
All right. That's Annapurna's showcase. Straight. 2022. Look for it. Yeah. Uh, next up, some updates on that Activision Blizzard story we talked about last week where the uh, state of California, what is the what is the actual division? Uh, uh, it's the Bureau of, of like Fair Employment and Housing, I believe. I believe that's... that's, that's it's a paraphrase, but I think that's roughly what it is. Uh, fi- filed back. suits uh, against Activision Blizzard for some pretty... Uh, allegedly pretty heinous uh, workplace conditions uh, with a spanning a lot of different stuff, discrimination, harassment, uh, unfair practices. So that suit is continuing and we have some more news. Uh, Alex, you want to kick us off here in some of these updates? Yeah. So just as a very brief recap, you know, you can listen to last week's show if you want to kind of get in the nitty gritty of it. But, you know, the ongoing thing has been this lawsuit was filed. Uh, Activision's messaging was extremely fa- fractured out of the gate uh, from the, the sort of C-suite executives taking a more adversarial tone versus, say, like the Blizzard management who were not necessarily apologizing, but just kind of giving their like, hey, you know, we're listening messages and it all came across very harried and not not particularly together. Um, so there's been some updates on some of that stuff, some of which came really right after we recorded last week's episode. Uh, we had mentioned that there was going to be an employee walkout at Blizzard, and that did take place on that Wednesday. Um, I believe the following day there was, an, or I think even maybe that night, there was an update uh, over on Kotaku that kind of got more into the nitty gritty about some of the stuff involving some of the the major figures at Blizzard that were being implicated in this stuff. Uh, it kind of goes back to a lot of just like long term behaviors, but it also brought up the uh, the Cosby suite. If you've seen that phrase going around a lot, that is kind of what this is pertaining to. I will not belabor the description here. There is a, a long write-up on Kotaku you can read uh, where they kind of go into the nitty-gritty of what that is and why th- where that factors into this stuff. Um, but in the weeks since, a number of things have happened. Um, I will start here with uh, Fran Townsend, who is the former Bush administration uh, figure that is uh, essentially one of the mouthpieces at uh, Activision Blizzard executive level who have been sort of, you know, took a very defiant tone in the early goings of this. Um, Was she, was she she the unaccountable bureaucrats one? uh, She, well, so I think the first Activision statement had that statement, that phrase in it also. Was there no, was there no name put to that statement? No, that was very much a Activision management, no one's actual name on it. And then she sent out an email that got around that was very similar in tone. So I wouldn't be surprised if she was involved in crafting that original message. Um, But this is the woman who worked as a Homeland Security advisor. And as you know, people have been saying it derisively, but also it's true. Basically, her role post Bush administration was to go to bat for the the administration's torture programs and the war on terror. I mean, look from the war on terror to the maker of Call of Duty, like there's. I mean, in in a weird way, clear synergy there. There is, but also it is interesting the way that Activision over the last couple of years seems to have become a jobs program for former Bush administration flacks because there are at least three of them working here. She just happens to be the most high profile one. Um. Anyway, the the reason I bring her up again is because. I think on Friday, um, she tweeted out a link to a story, uh, I think it was a New York Times story, 
written by, if I'm remembering correctly, Elizabeth Brennig uh, from their opinion column section, writing about whistleblowers, specifically in the context of Amy Chua, who is some people may know as the Tiger Mom from many years ago. She wrote some books about parenting and people were not did not really like it. Um, and her role at Yale and some student stuff there. I, 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 I'm skipping over it because I will say the actual story itself does not really have much to do with what's going on here. Other than Fran Townsend essentially saying, hey, this is a great time for me to twistle, uh, tweet about how whistleblowers actually are a problem while I'm in the middle of this whole shitstorm around a lawsuit by the state of California and numerous employees saying that, like, our, our you know, our, our reports of <laughs> terrible workplace conditions were not only ignored, but flat out disregarded. Um, some employees, in fact, started tweeting at her being like, why would you do this? You know, this is a really strange look. And apparently she it's, was going around blocking those people. It's really it's bizarre, like regardless of whatever opinions she holds privately, like, why would you why would you think this was a good idea to do it? Right. In the middle of this, like, yeah. Why would you do this? And I think the reason you do it is because you're a person who is not used to ever having any com like kind of consequences for, you know, your behavior. And at this point, you just you are feeling defiant and angry and shitty. And so you do this because you don't you're not used to anyone, any blowback ever actually touching you. That's quite a quite a choice. So uh, in the wake of that, I will say in the last day or so, uh, Fran Townsend's Twitter account has mysteriously disappeared. And I wonder oh, what led to that. I, I, exactly. I missed that. Yeah. So we, that, we don't we don't know if that is uh, them just kind of hitting the button on, on their Twitter account or it could have just easily been her being like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. There's no indication of what happened there other than she no longer has a Twitter account that's active at the moment. OK. Uh, beyond that, there have also oh, uh, been some. Oh, sorry, so go ahead. It, it, sorry it, in this story, there is an update that just tr at least says for Activision Blizzard that the company didn't ask her to delete it. Okay. Uh, that it was a personal account, but we don't know if it was. Yeah. I don't like the amount. I trust anything coming out of that company or corporation at this point on its face is, is pretty slim. I mean, they do say in this, uh, in that statement that she is still technically their chief compliance officer right now. So nothing has mm -hmm. changed on that front. Some other people have gone though. Uh, and they are more at the blizzard level of things. Um, J. Allen Brack, who was the uh, the studio head at Blizzard uh, and had been with the company for a very long time, has stepped down. Take that to mean whatever you want it to mean. Um, and he has been replaced by two people, Jen O'Neill and Mike Yabara, uh, both of which have been in video games for a very long time. Jen was the uh, the head of Vicarious Visions most recently, I think. And Mike Yabara, I believe, was at Microsoft for a long time. He's been at Xbox for a long time. Yeah. So they are co-running Blizzard at the moment. Um, and in addition to that, uh, the VP of HR at Blizzard, uh, Jesse Meschuk, is also gone, though I don't know that there was much of a statement about that. It was just he's just not there anymore. Hmm. I mean, if I remember the details of the suit, HR is implicated pretty directly as having ignored a lot of the complaints, right? Yeah. So there's a story over on Axios. Uh, Megan Farrakhmanish has been reporting on this story, and there's a, a pretty detailed report there talking about some of the specifics around what people were told when they tried to report this stuff in the past and some of it even really came down to people being like this is not a battle you want to fight and that's like 
one of the worst things you can say in a situation like that, you know, like it very, very discouraging, very dispiriting, like, no, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere with this. So just don't do it kind of stuff. Um, so I, I would check that story out if you want to get a little bit more about what's been going on with the HR end of this stuff. Uh, that said, no one at the Activision executive level has really seemed to have been affected by this other than Fran Townsend deleting her Twitter account. And Bobby Kotick, I believe, was on a call yesterday or the day before. There was an earnings call, um, and I think they led with a statement about what was going on here. But it was pretty similar to the stuff he had said, which is that, like, you know, we missed the mark on some of this stuff. You know, we want to make sure that, you know, our, we are creating a self and safe and welcoming place for people to work here. Um that said, I'm not sure if there's been any movement as far as the firm they were talking about hiring to independently investigate this stuff, a firm that is best known for their work uh, union busting in other industries. Mm. Mm. And then lastly, um, there is now a second lawsuit, though this one is not from a state, of, a state or any governing body. Um, this is a class action investor lawsuit that was filed uh, yesterday on behalf of, you know, any investors that want to sign on for it. And it basically says that uh, at least since 2016, uh, Activision Blizzard has been misleading investors on the current state of things pertaining to these kinds of claims and these kinds of cases, basically downplaying the possibility that, you know, something like this California lawsuit could come around and leading them to believe that, like, whatever cases were happening were very isolated. You know, they were being dealt with internally. Not, there was nothing to worry about. So, yeah. 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 Do we know how much momentum there is in this class action suit? I don't. It's just filed, so I could not tell you exactly, like, A, how many investors have even bothered to sign on for this thing, let alone, like, how much uh, weight it carries. But, you know... Investors just recently, I want to say, pretty much voted to give Bobby Kotick his most recent bonus. Like, they have generally been on his side of things, as far as I know, as far as, like, they're, they're being okay with how he was running the company and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, or at least the board was. I don't know, like, what the current investor situation, I imagine... Like the the stock ticker has been going down a little bit each day since this California suit was filed, though it hasn't been like a steep decline. But I imagine that the messaging and just everything swirling around this, like none of it has probably made these investors feel better about what's going on. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot of I mean, it's got a lot of C level people named in this suit, right? Bob is yeah. in there, the CFO is in there, former CFO. And I think that investor suit is basically saying by not disclosing these internal problems and this investigation, you have, you artificially inflated the price, which was misleading to investors and, and stockholders. Yeah. So, you know, it was, you know, you needed to, you needed to address this stuff. You did, and this is a purely financial lawsuit. This is, yes. not, this is, yes. it's this a is class a, action. This well, just money. in terms of like, this it's is about, it's about money. Yeah, yeah, this is about money and return from the stock. This is about, this is about shareholders getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting paid as much as I, I thought I was going to get paid on this stuff. My, my, my stock money's gone down yeah. on that one. But like, you know, there's still uh, a lot here that's in the air, you know, like there, there have been very specific demands made by the employees, uh, especially the ones that, you know, signed on for the walkout. And as far as I can tell, 
none of those actual concerns have been addressed or been indicated that there will be a change. It's just been a lot of platitudes from the executive level, from Kotick. And as far as I know, he, I don't think he or his team has engaged the, the employees at a direct level, as far as I know. Well, I mean, the one difference is the two, the two people that they have now put in charge of Blizzard are not longtime Blizzard people. Right. Every, everyone who has run that company up to now has been part of the old guard that's been there pretty much the whole time, right? Yeah. And they are both relatively new to the company, so just for that reason alone, you have to think things will be different in some way. But the question is, how empowered are they to actually make changes? Like, having that HR person go is interesting, but there's still people very much at the executive level of Activision Blizzard who clearly were overlooking a lot of this stuff, if not actively sweeping it under the rug. And if those people are not in some way either shuffled out the door or, you know, penalized in some major way... I mean, my personal opinion is they probably should be shuffled out the door, but I don't know what the feasibility of that even is. Um, a little bit of a uh, tidbit of information here at the, um, for this class action suit, mm-hmm. uh, the firm that is representing, uh, these, this investor and in trying to make it a class action suit, uh, Rosen law firm is the same one that apparently, uh, filed against CD project red in that investor lawsuit. Oh after yeah. The, after the launch of, uh, cyberpunk, cyberpunk. uh, and the kind of, Failing. And that suit's still yeah. like kind of working its way through the system, right? Who knows how long that'll oh, yeah. go? You yeah, a um, lot, a lot of places with a lot of money. Those things take take a while. I really am curious to see how this Activision Blizzard stuff on the state side uh, yeah. marches forward. I feel like we are going to be hearing about aspects of this story for a good long while to come. You know, both as this the lawsuit kind of progresses. And also, as the company is forced to constantly pivot with each new sort of change, you know, each new aspect of this that seems to come to fruition, like, they clearly were not ready for what was actually going to come their way. And I feel like a lot of the flailing we've seen in the messaging has been a result of that. Mm. And, you know, at some point, they're just going to have to talk to their employees and be like, okay, what do we need to do to change? And I don't know that I trust Bobby Kotick and his you know, his confidants in the company to do that in a way that will actually affect any real change. I don't work there. Obviously, I don't know. But everything I've heard about the way that company is run and the way that Kotick runs his his ship, it does not feel like he is going to. He is going to listen and actually really get into this. I do wonder if you see it on the Blizzard side with Jen and Mike uh, messaging and being a little more direct there uh, because, you know, I think like you guys talked about having some non Activision leadership put in there, some, some kind of a little, a little fresh, like I assume they will feel a very big responsibility to message and get out there and say what they're moving forward. But yeah, I don't know what happens when they hit the Activision side of it. And I don't know what that entanglement is like also on the, on the blizzard Activision side. Like, I don't know, Brad, what do you think in terms of like blizzard holding water? Like, I, I feel like they were, they were, there was a time when maybe Blizzard was a bigger part of the Activision pie, but maybe they have those things just become one. Like, I mean, you know, if, if you read a lot of Schreier's reporting, it's that revenue has fallen on the Blizzard side pretty steadily for the last few years, and that's why Activision has been getting its hmm. its you know 
strengthening its hold over that division. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, but I like it. You know, I, I don't know what the balance of power is at this point or anything like that. Okay, yeah, like I, I wonder if you just wind up seeing over the course of the next three years, seeing a lot of people leave, new studios start up from this. Yeah, I mean, they were already happening. doing that. That's 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 been happening for a long time now. This um, this just sort of provides a whole lot more of a backdrop to that ongoing exodus. And they're they're a huge publisher, um, so yeah, we'll see. Well, it's going to be uh, be a long one, I think. Yeah, but I mean, you've got you know you've got walkouts happening and stuff like that. Like you, they, the the rank and file need to be satisfied that something is taking place, or they're going to have a problem on their hands. Yeah, I mean, they already do problem. very yeah. much have a problem. Well, or that's hands, what I yeah. mean. That's that's what I mean. Like that this this is not going to go away unless the people on the ground are satisfied that action is actually taking place. Yeah, I don't know how the uh, a lot of those employees are are sitting there trying to publish. And, and code and draw and art and produce. And- I hope they get what they're asking for because, as we yeah. said last week, their demands are beyond reasonable. And you know, the fact that they have not just sort of been like, "Okay, we can start doing this stuff," says to me that the rot goes much deeper and would require a great deal of untangling that no one at the executive level really wants to do. Hmm. Well, continuing. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there will be more on that to come as Indeed. the Activision Blizzard suits move forward, and the state of California moves forward, and the workers uh, are, uh, you know, rightfully so, demanding some, in my opinion, some some basic representation there. Yeah. Um, that's gonna do it for this week's show. It's gonna run down quickly here. What we what we what we talked about. We had. A big all talk about The Ascent, which is out now for 30 bucks on uh, Xbox platforms and Steam, or you can get it on Game Pass. Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster, that's available on Steam and, and mobile. Uh, those games range in different prices, but the first three are out, Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3, $12 for 1 and 2, $18 for Final Fantasy 3. The Ramp, that's that skateboarding one, uh, $5 on Steam, and then Starbase was that uh, game by Frozen Byte, the makers of Trine, which is nothing like Trine, which is uh, going out mining asteroids. That's $35 on Steam. Folks, that is going to uh, wrap up the news and games section, but we do want to thank everybody for supporting us, whether it's yes. by listening, whether it's by watching, whether it's by getting out there and telling all your, your enemies and your friends how <laughs> awesome Nextlander is. <laughs> uh participating in the discord or on or uh helping us out on patreon we did just uh turn on annual stuff on patreon so if you don't want to um contribute monthly annual contributions are now on uh those contributions obviously are what are keep us doing this and keep us going you know if you mm-hmm. go check out our stuff we've tried to keep as much of it this amazing stuff as free as possible with some really fun rewards for people who are uh, generous enough to and have the means to contribute. But uh, yeah, we try to put everything up on Twitch and on, on, on YouTube. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, but we're not a subscription service. So like we're, we we do not have uh, subscriber stuff, but we do uh, with the, like we are in that Patreon world. It is. We <laughs> could not do it without the support of our patrons. Yeah, very much so. So with that, uh, again, you can go to patreon.com slash nextlander if you want to go uh, contribute and help us out and keep us going. We do appreciate it. And thanks for, again for everybody who has done that at any tier. Uh, that is uh, super, super duper helpful for us and keeps us going. Uh, there is a tier, Mysteri- Mysterious Benefactor tier. 
Have you heard of this? I have. have you heard it's of very it? mysterious. I have, but they're so mysterious. I don't know who they. Who well, could, I have a list here. My God, all we are these, breaking news <laughs> of all these mysterious benefactors, and I'm going to read them off here today. Next Lander reveals exclusive the, <laughs> the mysterious benefactors. Are you ready? Again, if I, if we <laughs> if I do say your name incorrectly, you can contact us. We will try to uh, uh, get it right next time. Vinny is doing this. My Long Island tongue works its way, works in mysterious ways. So here we go. We're going to start. Tell me this more off. about the mysterious ways of your Long Island tongue. You're going to save that. That is another. That is that's a, a, that's a, a much higher tier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is that's a lot of mystery. That's 300 month a month minimum. And that doesn't little, benefit anybody. Little Long Island iced V. That's mm. right. Mm, that's the name of a feature somewhere. Yeah, we'll find a way. Yeah, well, when we get to the uh, Subnautica expansion playthrough that takes place in the in the ice place, that's it's just you playing ice climbers, actually. Perfect. Thank you, mysterious benefactors. Thanks to all our tears. Here we go, mysterious mysterious benefactors. Starting off with Rob M, Nelson LeBlanc, James Smith, Skywarp, G Chap, J Liner, Brian D, John Hubbard, C J Ewing, Sean Miller, Jack Eineker. Sean Phillips, Angie Valadares, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Yakto Yata, Mark Wilhelm, Helm, JM, Ben Murden, Jerry Lee, Brian Stanton, Amanda Huggenkiss. You heard me. Uh-huh. I heard you. Uh-huh. Gary Pejski, Matt, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, Joseph Reagan, Quinto. John McGinnis, The Bunny Fiend, Casey Shaughnessy, John B., Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Stephen Olkovich, Jad Rita, Andrew Thornburg, Statics, Robo Jeebus, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Chris Barkhurst, Marcus G., Greg Martin, Ninja Ducky, Lucas Fellers, Anders Bouget, Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R, Blood Emblem, Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Tebkin, Giant Frying Pan, It Me JP, Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Matthew King, Steve Lynn, William Loomis, Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs, Matthew Herrig, Andrew Bilo, Rick Button, Tyler Treese. Thank you all. Thank you to those mysterious benefactors. Mysterious not or not. so mysterious anymore. Mm-hmm. Thank you to everyone. And now to read out everybody's email address. I'm yes. kidding. I'm kidding, folks. I'm, that's a The last four story. digits of all your credit cards. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. I just got a thing that was like... From I don't know if you guys got this, but it was from our old healthcare. We had a CBS that was like, "Hey, heads up! Just want to let you know your social security number and medical information was available to a third, uh, some not somebody, not you, for a limited amount of time." Cool. Just want to let you know, and uh, here's some free life lock, I guess, in case cool. uh, your life is ruined. All right, thanks. Let us know. Bye. I really um, wish they would stop letting their teenage intern send those messages <laughs> out. <laughs> you, did you guys not get that as well? I don't think I, I got I that one. Seen. 
Okay. Maybe you just won. Maybe you won the data breach lottery. Yeah, seriously. Oh man, what a you just can't win. You know? Nope. Yep. You just can't. another day. Uh, remember when? Um, remember when the um that big Equifax breach happened? That big mm-hmm. one. I just froze everything. I just called up all the credit unions and or credit unions, credit whatever they are, agent credit your agents, credit agencies, credit agencies, and said the three big ones or whatever, and said, just freeze it. I will call you when you should release this information to anybody. I will let you know. And then that's, I guess, the some of the best I could do. I don't know. It just, just seems like you can't win out there. It's just a wild, woolly system we have in this country. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were like, well, don't worry. Your address didn't get out there. I was like, dude, everybody knows my address. They, the, the stuff yeah. I give to you, is just, the stuff you're telling me got out there is the stuff that I don't want out there. Yeah. Find my address. Anybody's got it. Posted right in the front of my house. <laughs> that's a pretty good joke. It's like on that. the dark web now. <laughs> All right, that's good. Use that in a bit. You're free to right. use that. That's what All you right. get for listening to this podcast. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again to everybody. If you want, um, you can go tune in at twitch.tv slash nextlander. Go find Here to Keg on tomorrow. We got some FMV stuff, full motion Vinny coming up. We're going to continue playing 13th Doll. That full motion game. Pretty good. I like it. Soup's on. Soup's on. Soup's on. Um, If you want to go check out The Ascent, Alex and I played through some of that this week. That should be up on YouTube. You can go check out that video on demand. And if you're into uh, cooperative fun times on the high seas, this Friday, Abby Russell's going to join us for some Sea of Thieves as we continue along on the Tall Tales adventures. Fun week this week. A lot of fun stuff. We're going to have more of it next week. That's the plan. Oh, Thanks to wow. you and everybody supporting us. Uh, Brad Shoemaker, Alex Nabarro, am I forgetting long. anything? I don't think so. I that think was about as comprehensive as I could possibly imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Thanked everybody. Got a really good security joke in there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Gave away a free bit. Yeah, yeah. Did the calendar. I think I think, I think think we. Uh, I think that's a podcast. I think I might go this weekend, play some more of The Ascent. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. If you guys are around and want to play, let me know. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week.